Hello, America. It's that time again. You know, where we kind of get things started. We uh, do it up right. So I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, America. How about I start the show with... Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute. Uh... How about I do that first? Yeah. How about I kill the speakers? Yeah. That usually helps. So let's see here. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm whistling. It happens. Could be worse, you know. I could be sitting here going, <clears throat> farting my tush off here, you know. So, yeah, that's right. Fart my ass off. That is, that is, that'll definitely scare everybody off. He's going to blow, Captain. All right. So let's see here. Uh, we'll hit this. And we'll do that. Now, if I can just. All right. Here goes nothing. In four, three, twos, ones. In a half. Uh, wait a minute. Silly me, I forgot to turn up the fader on the clip computer. Mm-mm-mm. And now, on with the opening. Welcome to Firefox News Online, America's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules are very simple. No personal attacks. Threats or hate speech will be tolerated at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room. And if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. Also, bear in mind that this is a roundtable discussion format. So please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of the host and those who call in and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else. For this broadcasting service, the use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, and education. Firefox News Online Productions and its news division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. And now, on with tonight's broadcast.
pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. All right, let's see if we can get this party started, shall we? Oh, I already already said that, didn't I? (laughs) Hey, everybody, welcome to the broadcast. It is Thursday night. And if you're if you're not if you're on any other show but this one, I feel sorry for you. All right, here we go. Let's get let's get down to the brass tacks. Today, President Trump unveiled the guidelines for reopening the country. And quite frankly, when you unveil the guidelines to something. then you're telling you're saying to the governors of the st- of this country these are just guidelines this is just a road map i'm not telling you i'm not i i i i did not tell you to open the country under orders god i hate fucking stuttering when i start to fucking stutter like that it makes it impossible to get my point across So I'll try that again. President Trump is not telling the governors of of every state, you have to open the country. I'm ordering you to open the country. No, that's not what he's doing at all. What he's doing is he's telling the governors of every state, "Here's, here's some guidelines. A roadmap for opening the country state by state. And if you think for one minute that President Trump is trying to tell these governors anything other than that, well, then you definitely need to grow a brainstem. Because Governor Cuomo, Governor Newsom, and every other governor in the, in the country, I'm sure by now, has come to the realization that it says guidelines, not executive orders. And that's basically what it comes down to. These are not, this is not an executive order. He did not tell the, he's not telling the country. You have to do this and you have to do that. You have to do the other thing as far as reopening the country. Now, are states going to reopen? Some will. Some will continue the stay-at-home orders. 
and in some cases, those stay-at-home orders are nothing more than a joke because they're going a little above and beyond. Now, some folks call them martial law. No, it's not martial law. But, George, it's martial law. You can't leave your house. You can't do this. You can't do that. It's martial law. No, it's not. Martial law is when you are ordered to stay in your house and then leaving your house, you get arrested. You can leave your house. You can walk down the street. You can go anywhere you like. The only thing that they really ask of you in most places is to wear a mask or some sort of face covering that covers your nose and mouth. But there are some states that won't even let you go to the, to the grocery store or the pharmacy or even walk out to go to, say, a doctor appointment. Now, most doctors now, right now in some places are using telehealth or telemed, telemedical or whatever they want, or whatever it's called in your state where you video conference or talk by phone with your doctor. In my case, the doctor will get to see my smiling face. The doctor will get to see me here. The only thing the doctor won't be able to do is the doctor will not be able to physically take my blood pressure, pulse, check my respiration with a stethoscope, and stick my finger to check my A1C. Yes, checking my A1C. I'm a diabetic. I take 500 milligrams of metformin every day. I'm in the high-risk pool, and if I'm not careful, I can end up drowning in that pool. But the governor of this state, no governor of this, in, in any state in this country, should ever, and I can't emphasize this enough, can't tell you or order that you stay indoors, that you cannot leave your house at all, ever, period, exclamation point. Because if you do, you could, get, you could be arrested. If a governor ever does that, I believe that would define martial law, or at least a variation thereof. The sad reality is, the guidelines are, you know, and I say this for the benefit of the Democrats, it is nothing more than guidelines. It's kind of like, kind of like suggestions in 12-step recovery. Okay? It's kind of like guidelines in 12-step recovery. Now, what I'm going to do, and as soon as I conclude my talking points, is I'm going to share with you, and I'll show them on the video screen, 
the uh, guidelines. I'll show you from phase one through. We're going to go over this tonight because I want you to know what President Trump is, is doing and what he's not doing. Okay, so this way the governors of this state, the Congress, members of Congress and the Senate, the Democrats, this way they can't sit there and say, oh, no, he's telling that he, he said we, that the country must open. This is his way of opening the country. He's taken away the state's rights. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. See, that's the Democrat way of thinking. Not what the president is doing, though. Now, that being said, let's find out the guidelines as presented by President Trump earlier today. And I, like I said, I have them right here. And they're pretty self-explanatory. For those of you just watching me on the video screen, yawning, sorry about that. Hashtag FFNOP, hashtag FFNOP. Use that hashtag to trend this broadcast globally on social media right now. And with that having been said, it's now time as always for the rest of the story. And I do believe it's time for me to flip over to the... uh, Phase one of the guidelines. Three four seven nine four five five seven four seven. Again, three four seven nine four five five seven four seven. So here we have phase one. Okay. And you didn't see phase one until just now. Sorry about that. You were looking at my chat room. Phase one, for states and regions that satisfy the gating criteria. Okay? Now, there's more to it than just that. So let's start with the basics. All right. Proposed state or regional gating criteria. Now, this this is to satisfy both proceeding to phased comeback. Uh, Listing the symptoms, downward trajectory of influenza-like illnesses reported within a 14-day period, and downward trajectory of COVID-like syndromic cases reported within a 14-day period. Now, that's under the category symptoms. Now, under cases, downward trajectory of documented cases within within a 14-day period or downward trajectory of positive tests as a percent of total tests within a 14-day period flat or increasing volume of tests. Hospitals treat all patients without crisis care. 
and robust testing program in place for anti for for at-risk healthcare workers, including emerging antibody testing. All right. State and local officials may need to tailor the application of these criteria to local circumstances, for example, metropolitan areas that have suffered severe COVID outbreaks, rural and suburban areas where outbreaks have not occurred or have been mild, Additionally, where appropriate, governors should work on a regional basis to satisfy these criteria and to progress through the phases outlined below. Now, core state preparedness responsibilities. All right. Here goes nothing. Now it's in three there are three categories. Testing and contact tracing, healthcare system capacity and of course plans. Under testing and contact tracing, ability to quickly set up safe and efficient screening and testing sites for symptomatic individuals and trace contacts of COVID plus results. Ability to to test syndromatic slash ILI indicated persons for COVID and trace contacts of COVID plus results. Damn it, I can't stop yawning. This is really not helping tonight. (laughs) Ensure sentinel surveillance sites are screening for asymptomatic cases and contacts for COVID plus. Results are traced. Sites operate at locations that severe that serve older individuals, lower income Americans, racial minorities, and Native Americans. Okay. All right. Under healthcare system capacity, ability to ability to quickly and independently supply sufficient personal protective equipment, or PPE, and critical medical equipment to handle dramatic surge in need. Ability to surge ICU capacity. Here are the plans. Protect the health and safety of workers in critical industries. Protect the health Sorry, folks. Right in the middle of reading that sentence, I I yawned and I couldn't stop. Unbelievably embarrassing, I might add. I'll read that one again. Protect the health and safety of those living and working in high-risk facilities. Uh, For example, senior care facilities. 
protect employees and users of mass transit. Okay? Now, let me point something out with, with, that, with that part of the plans. Mass transit. It is not going to be possible to social distance on board, say, a bus or a subway train or on board um, a regular passenger train. What's going to happen is, and what, uh, what, what needs to be understood, is everyone should have some kind of mask on their face or a bandana of some kind, something that covers your nose and mouth uh, when traveling on the trains especially, or buses, even on planes for that matter. Now, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between a bank robber and an average citizen, but at least you'll have some moniker of protection. Now, yes, there have been questions regarding, well, what about your eyes? Now, I wear glasses. When I'm sitting in front of the computer, I can't wear them. But I live alone, so it's not a big deal. The one thing I could suggest for, for your eyes is see if you can track down uh, protective goggles that fit over your eyeglasses. Uh, for those of you who cannot fit a bandana around your face, a friend of mine gave me a suggestion that I'm going to try using. And that's making my own protective face shield. All right? Here's what you do. Take a large freezer bag. Listen to me carefully. Take a large freezer bag. Cut holes on either, on either end after you cut it open. Or just leave it thick. But put holes where you... So you can slide the arms of your eyeglasses through those holes and bring and make sure they go up underneath the, they go up all the way up to, to to the end of the frame. Alright? Once that's done, you put your glasses on, guess what's guess what's covering your nose and mouth? Now of course if it's if it's kept thick, it should drape down normal. But in case of high winds or something like that. If it's long enough, what I suggest you do is you take, say, a piece of string. Make it long enough. Make sure it's thick enough, but long enough, so that you can go right in front of it, tie it around your, the back of your neck, or put it around the back of your neck and tie it in front of you. However, you, whatever is most comfortable for you to do it. And then just tie it off. Don't tie it off too tight. Just tight enough so that it pulls it back and the wind can't pull it off of you. Okay? And that will make a protective face mask for you. I know it may sound strange. It may not, it may not, it may not sound very practical. But guess what? Necessity is the mother of invention. All right? Now, I've got Gunslinger joining me in a minute. Just waiting for his line to open. And, uh, excuse me, but there you, there you go. Now, that's something that 
I haven't tried doing yet, but I'm going to see if it, see if I can do it. And if it works, and it should, uh, at least it's something. It's better than nothing. And as long as it's covering your face and your, you know your mouth and nose, it should satisfy the necessary protective ability. Now, going through the rest of these plans, advise citizens regarding protocols for social distancing and face coverings. Notice I already covered that area. I gave you an idea that might help in that regard, especially if you wear glasses. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You've got to make sure that you do it very carefully. Now, if you want to make sure you measure it outright, lay your glasses down on that plastic, on that, on that, on that uh, freezer bag. Take a black magic marker and mark the spot where the holes have to go with the end of the, of the arm of your eyeglasses, where it goes over your ear. Now, you'll be able to make those holes and you should be able to put it on there with no problem, okay? This is just an idea that you can try uh, for people who wear glasses like I do, all right? Monitor conditions and immediately take steps to limit and mitigate any rebounds or outbreaks by restarting a phase or returning to an earlier phase depending on severity. I have no idea what they mean by that. So there's that. Uh, guidelines for all phases, individuals. Continue to adhere to state and local guidance as well as complementary CDC guidance, particularly with respect to face coverings. They don't, that's, that's something that's being emphasized strongly, and I, I can't say as I blame for that. Um, now, as to the, the hygiene and all that, I think we pretty much got this hammered into us, you know? Uh, wash your hands with soap and water and use hand sanitizer, if you have any. Especially after touching frequently used items or surfaces, avoid touching your face. I know that's hard to do. I, sp- I have to scratch the side of my nose a lot because I, I tend to get an itch every once in a while. I'll go and wash my hands and, or, or hit my hands with, san, with, with a hand sanitizer. But, folks, I know it's difficult, but we got to try, right? <laughs> Sneeze or cough into a tissue or the, or the inside of your elbow. Uh, when I'm out in public, up goes my arm if I, if I, remember, if I can do it quick enough. Sneezing into a tissue, not always easy. During the winter time, I'll take my winter coat and I'll go ah, boom, ah, boom, into the in, to the inside of my coat. Luckily for me, I've never gotten anything more than spit on the inside of my coat. Now we're talking about spring and summer months, so do the best you can. Disinfect frequently used items and services as much as possible. Strongly consider using face coverings while in public, and particularly when using mass transit. 
And remember the, advice, the suggestion I gave just moments ago about what you can put on the arms of your eyeglasses. People who feel sick should stay home. Do not go to work or school. Contact and follow the advice of your medical provider. That's, nor- that's common sense. Uh, they have guide. They have guidelines. The White House put out guidelines for all phases uh, to employers. Develop and implement appropriate policies in accordance with federal, state, and local regulations and guidance, and informed by industry best practices regarding social distancing and protective equipment, temperature checks, sanitation, use and disinfection of common and high-traffic areas, and business travel. Monitor workforce for indicative symptoms. Do not allow symptomatic people to physically return to work until cleared by a medical provider. Develop and implement policies and procedures for workforce contact. Tracing following employee COVID plus test. Okay. Now before we get, now we're going to start getting into the, the, the we're, we're going to start talking about the, fa- we're, shit! Let me try this again. I'll be bringing up the phases of the of the guidelines as presented and recommended by the White House in a moment. But I want to get to Gunslinger, um, get get his thoughts on some of the things he's heard me uh, bring up so far. So, Gunslinger, uh, let's get your thoughts on this. And of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you can join the conversation and and or discussion by calling 347-945-5747. Okay. So, Gun, what do you think of these guidelines so far? Well, it's, you know, it's it's better to have a plan than not to have a plan at all. Okay, so saying goes. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to have to have a plan. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. Um it's up to, like I said, it's up to the governors of the state. You know, like you said, Trump, uh, Trump, Trump can't um, say you're going to open. Yes, you will. You will. Yes, you will. Okay, can't do that. Uh, but he can put the guidelines out. But he can spank the hands of the states that try to implement the draconian. You know, well, you're going to stay in your house, and you got to have. Papers. Can I see your papers, please? Those kind of states, and there's a few of them out there. California is probably one of them, okay, that would try shit like that. Because remember, when you got Democrats in charge, uh, like a, a governor state, you know, a Democrat governor, they're power hungry. They're, they want them to be self-made dictators, okay, and all these great and wonderful things. So are they stupid enough to try something like that? Yeah. Yeah, they're stupid enough to try shit like that. So that's when the federal government is going to have to come down on them saying, uh, you can't do that, okay? Okay, yeah, and it's completely unconstitutional, just like that church in the, on the Easter, Easter Sunday. 
That's totally unconstitutional. You can't do that. Okay. And I bet you there are going to be lawsuits against that too. Okay. Because that's depth, uh, that's a violation of your of your rights. Uh, it's a it's a sticky situation. There's no doubt about it because you don't want to step on the rights of the people, but in the same time, you don't want to spread this shit like you know like jelly. Okay. So you have to do something. Okay. And even the governor here in Texas, uh, Governor Abbott. Okay. He's uh, he's already making plans to reopen the state of Texas. Okay. And what's going to have to? I mean, you you. You got to put these people back to work, okay? I mean, the economy has not crashed yet, but like I said, if it keeps trugging along for two or three months, yes, it will crash, okay? Everything will stop. Right now, it's in a slow idle. We're still chugging along a little bit, but we're not going ahead at full full power. The throttle's been cut back back to idle, okay? You can still move, even idle in your car. You know, you put it in gear, it's idle. You can still, it'll still move, but it's not going to go no 70 miles an hour down the road at idle speeds. No, no, not going to happen. It's the same thing with the economy. So you got to push that gas up a little bit. You know, get keep, you know, get that tractor up. You know, get it up there, get some get some RPMs going, get some power going, until you get up to full power. And that's good that they're working on it right now. I figure they would. But it's just going to take a little bit, unfortunately. <laughs> Wish it happened tomorrow. But, you know, they're still, until these cases start, you know, going, you know, down on the downhill slide, which they're already indicating, the computer models are already stating that we're reaching the peak by the end of the month. And what this is already, what, the 15th? So we're already half a month gone, so we only got half a month to go. Go ahead. <clears throat> well, if if the, if the guidelines presented by the White House, as I said, uh, for those of you just joining us, I do have the guidelines here, uh, direct from WhiteHouse.gov. Uh, this is not, again, this is not President Trump telling every governor of every state, you're reopening your state, that's, and that's it. Basically, he's leaving it for the governors to – he's given the governors guidelines to work with, okay? There's no excuse for keeping the, the country closed. There's no excuse for a state to remain closed. I mean, yes, there are certain things that have to be done, social distancing and all that. But it can be done safely, and these guidelines will are going to give the states – the tools they need to reopen the, the, their state and restart the economy at their level. So, phase one, all right, and just so you're, to be clear, there are four Phase, there are three phases in the criteria. Those of you on the video feeds, I will switch back to them right now. All right, here goes. Phase one, for states and regions that satisfy the gating criteria. 
in, as it relates to individuals. All vulnerable individuals should continue to shelter in place. Members of households with vulnerable residents should be aware that by returning to work or other environments where distancing is not practical, they could carry the virus back home. Precautions should be taken to isolate from vulnerable residents. All individuals, when in public, parks, outdoor recreation areas, shopping areas, should maximize physical distance from others. Social settings of more than 10 people where appropriate distancing may not be practical should avoid, should be avoided unless precautionary measures are observed. Okay? Avoid socializing in groups of more than 10 people in circumstances that do not readily allow for appropriate physical distancing. Uh, For example, receptions, trade shows. Minimize non-essential travel and adhere to CDC guidelines regarding isolation following travel. Now, employers continue to encourage telework wherever possible and feasible with business operations. If possible, return to work in phases. Close common areas where personnel are likely to congregate and interact or enforce strict social distancing protocols. Minimize non-essential travel and adhere to CDC guidelines regarding isolation following travel. And I got sneeze. Damn allergies. Really not fair. Uh, Now, strongly consider special accommodations for personnel who are members of a vulnerable population. All right. As for specific types of employers, here's where it gets really curious. Not curious, but it gets interesting because these are, again, guidelines from the White House. So as it relates to school and organized youth activities, like day, daycare and camp, uh, because the summertime's coming up, that are currently closed, should remain closed. Their rec- the recommendation here is don't open them, which means, parents, you better have some ideas for your little ones and lots of them. There are, multi, there are many ideas that can be utilized. Just got to have an imagination. Trust me. I know. I've got the wackiest imagination in the world, at least so I've been told. All right. Visits to senior living facilities and hospitals should be prohibited. Those who, are, those who do interact with residents and patients must adhere to strict protocols regarding hygiene. Large venues, uh, sit-down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, places of worship. Now, 
Gunslinger brought up about that church that uh, about church services, and remember I talked about in the last day or two about how people going to church in a drive-in setting, they're in their cars, windows closed, the whole nine yards, their license plate number is taken down, and they're probably going to receive fines in the mail for violating stay-at-home orders. Uh, well, as it relates to large venues, uh, can operate under strict physical distancing protocols. Now, my advice to governors, to all to governors in all fifty states, if they can do a drive-in church service where they stay in their cars, I don't see a problem. Let it happen. Now, I would suggest, however, that those of you who are used to hour-and-a-half, two-hour services, pastors, priests, whatever the case may be, please reduce the time of your service. I'll tell you why. Because... You're not going to be able to provide bathroom facilities. All right? I would suggest, however, that everyone going to church on a Sunday, if you know you're going to church, go hit the bathroom. Make sure you go before you leave the house. Okay? Just to be on the safe side. Reducing the amount of time of a service could mean the difference between someone standing outside doing the pee-pee dance, as kids used, as we used to say when we were kids back in the back in the day of the dinosaurs, uh, or sitting in the car comfortably and going, ah, you know, it's just a good. It's just a good piece of advice. All right. Elective surgeries. Now, there's been some concerns about that. Elective surgeries can resume as clinically appropriate on an outpatient basis at facilities that adhere to CMS guidelines. All right. I'm just... uh, Holding up to open uh, Mike from Louisiana's phone line. So I, and now I will switch back to the guidelines. Here we go. Now let's see here. Where was I? Do, 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 do. Oh, yes. Now, here's my thing. Because I'm moving to a place where, where, it ha- where they have their own gymnasium. Gyms can open if they adhere to strict physical distancing and sanitation protocols. For all you bar flies, I got bad news for you. Bars should remain closed. Boy, that's going to put a lot of drunks in a bind. Oh, well. Okay, so I just gave out phase one. Joining me on the phone lines at 347 
945-5747. Gunslinger and Mike from Louisiana are here. Hello, Iggy Mom. I see you there. How are you? So, Mike, let me start with you. Now, a lot of the, the guidelines that the White House have, have put out, uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that many states are going to, they're going to, there are some states, a lot of states, some states that will follow the guidelines, others will, will not because, you know, they're, they're, they're a little more, because they may, they may have more of a, of a problem with COVID-19 slash coronavirus than other places, like New York, for example, is uh, the epicenter of the Northeast, okay? It's the epicenter of the Northeast, or the East Coast in general, really. So at this juncture, what exactly do you, do you, do you how do you see uh, states following uh, the guidelines, at least phase one of these guidelines? Well, one uh, down here, it's uh, New Orleans is sort of an epicenter as well. The New Orleans, the greater New Orleans area is sort of an epicenter as well. Yes, spread throughout the state, but it's sort of that. But, yeah, I expect that some of these uh, 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 things will will not only accept them, but will... I don't know if the correct term is strengthen them, but will add to them. You know, I mean, yeah, you're going to have idiots, you know, that are going to take this as a chance to take power, some power, but most of them will not. Most of the good governors will not. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking about, you know, Andrew Cuomo and Gretchen Whitmer and, and people like that. I'm talking more like, DeSantis down in Florida and our governor here who's been a good who's been good on this thing you know and even though he is a Democrat you know he's been good on it and, and on this so yeah I, I expect some of them to try and ramp up these things to higher levels these guys you, you said this was the first part of the guidelines right so I expect some of these governors to try and ramp them up to higher levels. But, yeah, and and by the way, uh, speaking of New Orleans, uh, George, the idiot governor, Latoya Cantrell, has all but said that it doesn't matter. Other places are opening up. She is not going to open up anytime soon. She is a Democrat, but she has said that, flat out said it. So take it for what you will. Back to you, George. Well, when it comes right down to it, what that governor is doing is she's basically, you know, that governor is basically isolating their state. Well, actually, she's a mayor. She's the mayor of New Orleans. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say. She's the mayor of New Orleans. Okay, the mayor of New Orleans needs to grow up from the neck up. 
okay? And if she closes off New Orleans to the rest of the state, well, I would think the governor would step in and say, whoa, back up the bus, Gus. What are you going to do? Have the police block all the roads leading into in and out of New Orleans? Because you, you either open it up or you got a problem. Okay? I'm sure the governor can put that out there. Now. Right. Right, and that's the thing. This is uh, he is a Democrat as well, but he's handled he's handled it a bunch better. He's not he doesn't grandstand like Cuomo and what's her name Whitner Whitner up there in Michigan, Gretchen Whitner, up in Michigan. He doesn't do that. This this woman down there in New Orleans, this mayor, she's a grandstand person. She likes to. Limelight, she likes the spotlight, so it doesn't surprise me that she's doing this, that she said this kind of crap, you know, and and that that is what that is. But yeah, I expect that some some of these governors will try to strengthen these things, these uh, these guidelines through their own edicts, you know, through their own executive orders and such things like the statewide executive order. So, yeah. Well, basically what, what's going to happen, what's going to have to happen is if they want, if, if they're looking to reopen, the, you know, their state so that their economy, so that our economy does exactly what it needs to do, they're going to have to, they're going to have to look at these guidelines put out by the by, by the White House and say, you know what? Let's let's try and do this because we we can't shut down this country forever. It wouldn't it would be bad. We can't be selfish. Okay? They're going to have to they're going to have to sit back and realize any governor that that decides to stay that that or, you know, any governor that says we're not reopening our state. What they're doing is they're cutting the throats of their constituency, the people of their state. Um, yeah, Iggy Mom said interference with interstate commerce by not going by the guidelines. And, and yeah, that, that's basically what it comes down to. If the mayor of New Orleans decides... Uh, you know, is saying that no, we're not going to reopen. We're not going to reopen. Fuck you. Then this may, the New Orleans mayor is is in, is is directly saying to everybody in America, we're going to interfere with interstate commerce. Now, I would think the governor of New Orleans would sit there and go, uh, like hell you are. Right. You follow where I'm, yeah. where I'm going here's, with this, guys? Right. And here's, here's the thing, George. 
this is this is the port of New Orleans now. A lot of all, a lot of other things come through that port. You know, so if she's planning on shutting this, and look, the city. I've said this before about New Orleans. That city is a huge convention town. <coughs> when it's going, when it's going good, when it's open and it's going, it's a huge convention town. A lot of conventions come there, and mm-hmm. and if she shuts that down, that's a lot of money that comes into those coffers of New Orleans. That is not going to be there. So her. Uh, what is it? Uh, her ego or whatever you want to call it, which I think ego would be a good word for her. her e- if her ego is not going to allow that thing to be open, even though, I mean, it may come down to a point that she may not, she might, even, she might not even listen to Governor Edwards. You know, you know, if he says, "Well, you got to open up," it might come down to the fact that. Well, the the president may have to get involved with this thing, and I don't think she wants that to happen. You know, well, I don't think there's a governor in this state with an ounce of brains that's going to sit there and say. Well, I'm sorry, but our state's going to stay closed. We're not going to reopen. You know, I don't think they'd be brazen enough to say interstate commerce. Fuck it. My state come. My state's more important. Or at least some roundabout fashion like that. Right. I don't, I don't even think. I don't Go even ahead, think Cuomo's that stupid. I don't even think Cuomo's that stupid. Yeah, he is. You forgot oh, I live in New York. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I knew that would get a Have response. Have you forgotten? I live in New York. Iggy Mom lives in New York. We know how stupid Cuomo is. Hell, we knew how stupid his father was, and he used to be the mayor of New York. Okay? Do I really need to remind you of just the simple fact that I live in New York? How soon they forget, huh, folks? (laughs) 347-945-5747. Three four seven nine four five five seven four seven. All right, gunslinger, talk to me. What do you think of these? Uh, what were your What are your thoughts on on phase one of the guidelines? Well, like I said, just like Mike said, I mean, there probably will be some that will try to stretch it out. Okay, and for their own for their own egos. Okay. Because, like I said, they're Democrats, okay? Just like you said, New Orleans down there, okay? That stupid idiot, she's the one that would probably defy, well, I'm the dictator here, and I'm the queen, bitch, and you're going to do what I say. Oh, really? (laughs) There will be very many of them, obviously. 
because if a large number of these states decided to do that, uh, well, Second American Revolution is on. Okay, there ain't no doubt about it. Because the, these idiot gover, governors, especially Democrats, and most of them are Democrats, okay, um, cannot tell you that you cannot go to church. Tells you that you cannot step outside of your house unless you show your papers. You know, Hitler said, can I show your papers, please? Fuck you. Yeah, I'll show you my goddamn papers. Uh, the paper that I clean my gun out, you'll get the bullet first. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll wipe my gun with your fucking papers. This is America. This is what these people tend to forget. We're not China. Now, you can pull that shit over in China. <clears throat> okay, them dog-eating, cat-eating some bitches over there. They're under a dictatorship. Okay, that China is a dictatorship. Uh, you could do that with North Korea. North Korea, you know, little rocket man over there. They're under a dictatorship. Uh, if uh, little rocket man wants to shoot two or three of his citizens, <laughs> more power to him because he's what if they got. China's the same way. If they want to lock down, weld in, button up, zip up their citizens, they can do it because they don't have a constitution. Unlike we. United States, America, we do have a constitution, and it stands, and we have the Second Amendment that will back up the First Amendment. If you look at the FFNO, George, there's a, I think it's North Dakota or something, some sheriff's department from a 2A meeting, uh, st- telling these uh, these city, city council meetings or whatever it is, says, we ain't enforcing that. You, are you crazy? And this is the this is the sheriff saying this. So it's just, it's the sheriffs are going to be that you know the governors can say all they want to fuck them some bitches they ain't got they got they really don't have any power it's the power of the sheriff that when they start infringing on the right to the people the sheriffs are going to say whoa I don't think so you can't do this and that's when the federal government's going to step in if they don't back down which they should back down because most of them are all they're all talk there's no action okay. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that, and I'm gonna put your ass in jail if you spit on the side of the street. And you've got, and you're gonna wear a fucking mask uh, uh, on your ass. You're gonna wear your mask on, under your arms, in your ears, uh, on your nose. Oh yeah, show me the Constitution where you says you have the power to do that. That's when it's gonna start. And that's when the federal government's about to stick get involved. Go ahead. Well, the White House, Gunslinger, is even saying that we need to wear some form of mask or face covering. Okay, that's in their guidelines. Now, well, yeah, that's good. That's common sense. I mean, sure. I mean, you don't want to go out there in a crowd of people and start hacking, coughing, sneezing, and farting, and all this shit. And you, know, you might. You know, or anybody, you might get that get the bug. Yeah, that's, that's always a good common sense. You gotta get, you gotta wager it on common sense too. Okay, I I wouldn't want to go out there and just start. You know, you know well, you know, everybody else does too. Sure, uh, you, you wear a mask. You do something at least, at least temporarily until this stuff starts. You know, going down, and it will. It has to. Well, it better. <laughs> go ahead. 
So let me let me see if I if I'm following you here. If a Democrat governor says you have to wear a face a face mask or some sort of uh, bandana or face covering, it's a bad idea. But if the president says do it, it's okay. Because that's the way you made it sound just now. Just, no, just so you know. no, no, I don't think so. No, it, no, if you got to play common sense on both sides. If the president says, well, you need to wear a face mask, then he's he's doing from common sense to prevent. The contact to contact with this with this bug, governors would be just doing the same thing because they they know that you know if if it's not curtailed, uh, it's going to spread even further. Okay, which you know that's China's fault because they didn't tell anybody. It could have been it could have been worse. I mean, we could have been looking at worse numbers. There's no doubt about that. So common sense would even tell you whether you're in a Democratic governor state or the president of the United States telling you. It's, it it's all falls back on you. Who's the greatest protector of, of you? Go look in the mirror. It's you. Okay? Now, if you want to be stupid, well, <laughs> it's a free country. <laughs> go be stupid. I'm not the one that's going to be stupid. I'm going to try to do everything I can to prevent getting this thing and going along with those guidelines. Of course. Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, I just want—I just wanted to be clear as to what you were saying because it almost sounded like, well, if the if the Democrats say it, then then they're full of shit. It's bullshit. The president says it. Yeah, it's okay. I just want to make sure you weren't trying to confuse confuse me on this. You know, we 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 live in a state of confusion. The town of total insanity. The county of, huh? As it is. So you know, I'm already <laughs> dealing with enough of that. <coughs> I got. <coughs> oh God! I've got a tickle in my throat that will not fucking leave me alone. As Confucius would say, "Don't get confused." <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Already there. <laughs> All right. Now we we took a look at phase one. Here is phase two. Basically, phase two is no different from phase one, except when it comes to individuals when in public. Uh, They should maximize physical distance from others. Social settings of more than 50 people. All right. Now, in phase one, it says 10 people. In phase two, it goes up to 50. Where appropriate, distancing may not be practical, should be avoided unless precautionary measures are observed. Non-essential travel can resume. All right. In phase two, in phase one, uh, minimize. They, it was it was recommend it was suggested to minimize non-essential travel and adhere to CDC guidelines regarding isolation following travel. So in phase two, they talk about non-essential travel can be resumed. All right. Now, if you look at where it talks, where, where the, the section of where it talks, where it where it gives guidelines to employers. 
Uh, well, that's Iggy Mom. That's why I'm going over the guidelines right now, just in case people didn't bother to 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 watch or didn't have time to watch. Um, that's why I've got the guidelines right in front of my face, and I'm doing a face by face comparative. Okay, the they're guidelines. They're it's not an executive order mandating. That you do when, that that you have to do these things. Although uh, the face mask and or cover, face coverings, personally, I think is a good idea. Okay, I strongly would suggest uh, people consider that. I I gave a, a suggestion on one type of face covering. If you can't find a bandana that'll wrap around your noggin, or if you can't find a face mask of any kind, make one. Make one out of a plastic Ziploc bag. You take the arms of your glasses. (coughs) Oh, God, this is, this tickle my throat is killing me. No, it is. It's very dry in this apartment and dusty, which is strange because it was never like this before. Okay? Now it is. You take the pla- you take you take the Ziploc bag, you cut away the Ziploc, and you open it up. You cut down the sides, open it up. You put the the arms of your eyeglasses where they go over your ears, have them sticking out as if you were going to put the glasses on. Put them down on the plastic, take a black magic marker and and mark where those earpieces are at, and then cut a hole where where, where you put those marks. Take your glasses, slide the arms through the glass, through those holes, and slide them all, slide it all the way up to where your glasses are. Now you want to make sure that you that you don't cover the lenses. Okay. Now, if it, if the if the thing is very long, two ideas came to mind. Actually, one one suge- idea came to mind for that. Take a piece of string, go behind your neck. Tie it in front of you, but don't tie it so tight that it covers that that you have trouble breathing. The other thing you can do is if it's if it's long enough, tuck it in your tuck it in your shirt or or, or ladies your blouse, unless you you're wearing something that's very low cut, in which case a piece of string around the back of the neck, tie it carefully in front. This is in case of a in case it's a very windy day outside. Okay. And you're going to need something like that when riding public transportation, all right? Because if you're riding, say, a train or a subway train, a subway, a regular mass, a regular train, you know, going from town to town, uh, or if you're on a subway train, or flying on a plane, or even riding on a bus, you're going to want that because you're not going to be able to practice social distancing. 
And even if you can practice social distancing, I would do it as a precaution to protect myself. And that's, that's the, uh, the idea. I actually got that from a friend of mine, that suggestion. But I modified it with the, with, with, with below, with, right at, the, at, the, at the, the neckline where the collar of your shirt would go. The idea to use string to shore it up so in case it's windy out, you don't have it blown all over the, the place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now, getting back to these guidelines, in, in, in phase two, where it talks about employers, I'll show you the comparative between phase two, phase one and phase two, as I did just a moment ago for individuals. Continue to encourage telework whenever possible and feasible with business operations. Same as phase one. Close common areas where personnel are likely to congregate and interact or enforce moderate social distancing protocols. In phase one, uh, with the employers, uh, common areas, close common areas where personnel are likely to congregate or interact, uh, enforce strict social distancing protocols. Okay. Not too much of a, of, a, of, a, of a change there, except where it says, or enforce moderate social distancing protocols. Now, I'm not really sure what they mean by moderate. I'm, I guess, I, I guess kind of like uh, it's not as strict in this case. So I'm really not sure. Strongly consider special accommodations for personnel who are members of a vulnerable population. Uh, again, that, that piece of, of, inf- of, of, of recommended uh, recommendation in the guidelines uh, stayed the same between phase one and phase two. And I think I, can, I, think I have an idea why. All right, for people who are asthmatic, uh, who are diabetic, High blood pressure, that sort of thing. They're going to have to. They're going to have to make it possible for these folks to go to work. Just put them in a position where they're a lot safer. And I think that's a that, that's a smart idea. Instead of having them stuck at home, you know, give these pe- give people who are in the vulnerable population. You know, give them every opportunity to work, as they've always done. Now, for specific types of employers, okay, this is where it becomes a little bit more involved. Now, Schools and organized youth activities can reopen in phase one. It says that they are currently closed and should remain closed. Phase two sees them being reopened. Okay. 
Visits to senior care facilities and hospitals should be prohibited, just like in phase one. Those who, who, do, <clears throat> those who do interact with residents and patients must adhere to strict protocols regarding hygiene. Again, the same as phase one. Large venues. Here we go, folks. I, we ha- I had a little something about this regarding phase one. Large venues sit-down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, and places of worship can operate under moderate physical distancing protocols. In phase one, uh, it said can operate under strict, can operate under strict physical distancing protocols. So in phase two, they start to loosen up things a little bit for us but not a lot, all right? Elective surgeries can resume as clinically appropriate or or on an outpatient and inpatient basis at facilities that adhere to CMS guidelines. Now, in phase one, elective surgeries were on an outpatient basis at facilities that adhere to the CMS guidelines. So in phase two, they they allow for outpatient and inpatient basis. So, again, it's starting to lighten. It gets less and less. All right? Right. Now, gyms, favorite thing. I like going to the gym. I do. I did until COVID-19 came along. Or coronavirus, or SARS-CoV-2—whatever the fucking name they want to give it this week—I don't care. I'll still call it coronavirus, COVID-19. The pain in the ass with a branch up my ass—you know—they can call it that too. I don't care. <laughs> Gyms can remain open if they adhere to strict physical distancing and sanitation protocols. Now, in phase one, gyms can open if they adhere to the strict protocol, the, the strict physical distancing and sanitation protocols. So there, in phase two, there things are starting to lighten up a little. Now, for all you bar flies, in phase one, the, the bars remain closed. In phase two, they may operate with diminished standing room occupancy where applicable and appropriate. Uh, <laughs> I could say, I, I'm going to say something. Listen, back in my drinking days, when it was standing room only in a bar, your body, you, you were body to body with other people. Literally, you were bumping into each other. All right. On more than one occasion, I get, I, I kept bumping into these in, into women all over the all over the bar. And at one point, this one woman who I bumped hip to hip with, trying to get by so I could get to the men's room, she grabbed me by the shirt collar, spun me around, kissed me, and said. If you're going to bump me that much, we can do the bump and grind a little later. And she winked at me, and I'm like, 
okay, but what about your husband? I, I knew the, I knew the woman's husband. She didn't obviously remember that I knew her husband. Well, he's standing right behind her, and he says, "Yeah, honey, what about me?" She just looks at him and goes, "Well, you can join too." <laughs> yeah. So trust me when I say, <laughs> all you barflies out there won't have a bar stool to sit on. But you can stand close to each other, stand in the stand in the bar, uh, passing out or what or blacking out is optional. So if you have a if you're a blackout drinker and you can't remember what the fuck you just did the night before, well, lots of luck to you. And if you're the kind of person who drinks too much and you end up going timber. Well, then, where you fall, there's an old saying in, in, my, in my old neighborhood, where you fall is where you sleep. Lots of luck. Trust me, not a fun thing, especially if you hit a hard floor. Timber splat. Is he, hey, is, is he okay? Yeah. He's just bleeding from the side of his face. I think he hit a <laughs> nail. <laughs> so, I mean, come on. Bars may operate with diminished standing room occupancy. I would have left them closed, personally. Seriously, I'm serious. I would have left them closed. Because if you, if you can't sit down in a bar, why have it open? You're asking people to risk injury. That's just dumb. I'm, I, I mean it. Now, that's specific stuff. All right? Now, I, I, I brought up phase two. So here we go. Phase two. Slight variation, slight difference from phase one. The only difference is certain things can start opening up a little bit. Some things get a little bit of a facelift. The question is, I mean, now you're talking moderate stuff. Like church services, sit-down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues can operate under moderate physical distancing protocols. In a, in, in, a, in a stadium, I'll use a baseball stadium, like City Field, for example, here in New York, where the Mets play. How the fuck are you going to do that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Stadium can hold, I think, 25,000 or 30,000 people in the stands. Seriously. And a lot of these um, sports team owners, you know, they depend on, on the receipts from the venues to help pay their players' salaries, health care costs, 
What are they supposed to do if, if the stands are only half full? Hmm. Anybody want to take up that and take up the uh, phase one, phase two differences? Well, uh, that's a deep subject for Shadow Mike. Beware. Right. I go to a church. You mentioned they, they upped it to 50, right? I go to a church that's basically no more no, than. No, 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 no. Uh, Mike, wait a minute. No. Let me, let me correct you on something. All right. What you're talking about is in for individuals, uh, where oh, individual, individual. where all individuals went in public. You're talking about social oh, okay. settings of more than people. That's phase one. Phase two is okay. social settings of more than fifty. Okay. When it comes to church services, there are no mention of for for dine, sit down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, or places of worship. What in in phase one? Okay. Um, hang on a second here, and get to it. Can they can in phase one they can operate under strict physical distancing protocols. In phase two, di- sit down dining, movie theaters, sporting venues, and uh, places of worship uh, can operate under moderate physical distancing protocols. So they go from being very strict and, and, and restrictive to a little more moderate. So like what happened on Easter Sunday, for example, should not happen again. Follow me? Okay, yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that's that's right. So, you know, and you're right about these sports stadiums. Yeah, they could go off and say, well, we're going to sell all these tickets and still get the revenue from the ticket sales, uh, but we're not. We're only going to be half full. Well, that not only that wouldn't look good on TV because a lot of these sports leagues get a lot of their money from TV contracts. All right. Mm. And, well, the TV contracts the, also generate revenue from the commercials that, that sell advertising. Right, and so you got to keep if that. You're too. only if you're only half full. I'm just I'm just taking your example of what is it? Thirty thousand uh, city city field, thirty thousand seats, or whatever whatever it is 30, uh, at city field. If it's only if you're only Running fifteen thousand seats, fifteen thousand people, uh, first come first serve basis, then that's not going to look good on TV. But anyway, yeah, that they could do that. Now, for for like uh, Madison Square Garden or whatever it is that wherever the Knicks play, that's a what a fifteen thousand seat arena, twenty thousand seat arena. You you'd be cutting it down to maybe. 5,000 to 10,000 seats, uh, people in the arena there. And that, too, I don't think would work in terms of the, I'm th- I'm just thinking about it, the optics of what it would look like, you know. And, yeah, they could probably get away with it. 
doing that, but would they want to? Hmm. Good point. Gunslinger, any thoughts? Well, you know, I it just depends on how much money they're losing by not filling up all those seats. Mm. Um, in a huge venue like that, that may they may want to wait a while. Okay, you know, going back to work, doing this, doing that. Yeah, okay, that's fine. As long as it's not, you know, huge gatherings of people. You know, in a, in a football stadium, that's a huge gathering of people. Okay. They get a cap well, on this bug, okay? Slower ones may, be, you know, I don't know. It's just a, it's a C-to-C basis, I guess. Well, I did. Yeah, I, I think, okay, <clears throat> having been to a sports arena, okay, on more than one occasion in my life, I can safely say that looking at this from a fan's perspective, you go into, say, a baseball stadium or even a football stadium. Now, football, yeah, there's going to be some seats that aren't, some seats that are going to be open still because in the winter, when you're talking about a wintertime sport and you're out in the cold, it's, it's cold wind and snow and everything else, Unless you're a real diehard fan and you're willing to brave the elements, that's one thing. Now we're talking about summertime when people just love to get together. When they love to get together and go out there and go, hey, um, um, Where is everybody? No, they don't love to do that. They're sitting there looking around going, Hey, yo, buddy, tell the guy with the hot dogs and the the beard, send him this way. Yeah, right over here. When the kid behind your head catches that pop fly and the glove is sitting on top of your head when he does it. When you can see across to the other side where there are seats, and as far as the eye can see, there are people. Half the fun of going to the the ballpark for me was always to not only watch a good game, but to be able to sit there and see all these people enjoying themselves like I'm doing. Having a good fucking time. Well, now, take that stadium. I'll say twenty-five or thirty thousand people, and then okay, let's say you got thirty thousand seats. You fill all thirty thousand seats. Now all of a sudden you cut that number in half to fifteen thousand, and that's spread out throughout the entire stadium, social distancing and all that. Now you're looking at hello, whoa, whoa, whoa. where, 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 where are are you, you, you from, 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 from? It's a fucking ghost town. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, 
all those ticket sales, that 15,000-seat ticket sales that you just you haven't, you can't sell tickets for because of social distancing and all that, well, now we're talking about having, say it's, I'm just going to throw a number out there, okay? It's not, I don't know if it's the actual price for a, t- for a seat in a ballpark anymore, but let's say it's 30 bucks, 30 bucks per seat. All right? Now it's time for the fuzzy math. Yes, folks. During 2016, I did the fuzzy math. Now it's 2020, and I'm doing fuzzy math again. All right. So, 15,000 seats at $30.00. Okay, at thirty bucks. At thirty dollars a ticket, that's four hundred and fifty thousand dollars being lost. Okay? Four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Thirty dollars per seat, fifteen thousand seats. That's a ballpark estimate. That's not the actual price of a ticket to sit down in a ballpark, okay? Or maybe it is, and maybe it is somewhere. I don't know. I'm just giving a ballpark estimate. Now multiply that by two. You're talking nine hundred thousand dollars per game. Now let's say you let's say before coronavirus, you got thirty thousand seats sold. Now we're not counting the revenue from the um, from the advertising space that was sold by the network that that shows your ball club because you do you know they I believe they get a percentage of that I don't know. Never really looked into it that much. Now let's say it's a double. It's a let's say it's a three day a, a three day weekend. You you sold tickets for each day, all seats filled. Now you're going to multiply that four hundred and fifty thousand. Hold on a second here. No, that nine hundred thousand. Times that by three. That's two million seven hundred thousand dollars. Now divide that by in half. Now you're talking only one million three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. On revenue from the t- sale of tickets just to go to the game, all right? That's for a full stadium. So you're talking a million three fifty lost because you couldn't see because, – because now you have to social distance. Is it worth it for a sporting 
for a for a major league sporting uh, event like Major League Baseball to even bother. It may not be worth it for Major League Baseball because, again, you didn't carry it out all the way, uh, George. It's an 81-game home season, all right, because they play 162 games. So right, 81 games. Hold on, Mike, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me stop you right there. I was just giving a um, guesstimate. Okay. Well, not, nothing actual as far as ticket sales. Right. The guesstimate being, say you got thirty thousand, you got thirty thousand seats. Okay, and you're selling tickets at thirty dollars a ticket per seat. Then you're talking nine hundred thousand dollars for a full stadium. Mm-hmm. That's not including the sale of. Hot dogs, hamburgers, soda, beer, peanuts. Mm. Okay. All this revenue cut in half for just the ticket sales on the seats alone. Now let's and bear in mind <clears throat> during the during the baseball season, as you point out, what a baseball season is. But during the course of a given weekend. Some ball clubs could have a three-day weekend or a two-day weekend, depending on their schedule. Now, now you're talking social distancing. You've got to cut the number. Of, you can only sell this, these many tickets, say 15,000 tickets, 15,000 seats. And you got to spread those people out throughout the entire stadium. Does it become financially smart at that point to even open the stadium? Now, let's bear in mind, I'm not just talking, I left out the sale of concessions. Yes, concessions can add up quite nicely. <clears throat> when I was still drinking, when I was still an active drinker, a cup of beer was like five fucking dollars. <laughs> I have no idea what it costs today. Don't want to know either. You follow me? Right. I mean, it's a, it's it's not only that. Think about it. You got parking. You got. You know, tickets, you got beer, you got concessions, you got, and they do sell things like hats and such at at, at the ballpark. So, yeah. Right. You've the got that. Right, merchandising. So, and, and look, look, I was, you're, you're going $900,000 for, you know, just a rough estimate for, for a game, right? Or some to that effect. I'm, I'm, I'm taking it out to the whole season, to to eight, the 81 games that they would have to play at home throughout the whole season, and that's a that's another huge chunk of money for Major League Baseball. So it wouldn't pay. It probably wouldn't pay for Major League Baseball. Whereas with with a team with with a 
sport like, say, the NFL, which is only an eight-game home schedule, all right, minus, minus the playoffs, of course, uh, is an eight-game home schedule. Yeah, you're going to have places like Jerry World, who has 100,000 people, you know, down there in Dallas. And and and, and uh, Gunn can talk about that. And, I mean, you're talking about $90 a ticket in some places in that stadium. So, yeah, but it's only an eight-game season, eight-game home season for the NFL. So it it wouldn't – yeah, it's a big chunk of change for a a, a team like the Dallas Cowboys, but it's not as big a hit uh, in terms of – the number of game, the number of dates that they would have to give up. Yeah, you could social dish distance. I mean, take take my team, the New Orleans Saints. All right, it's a hot area. You know, we get that. New Orleans is a hot area. They you paying per ticket uh, about mm, let's say seventy five dollars per ticket. Okay. And that's that's on the cheap end. That's in the nosebleed section. But let's just say, for the sake of argument, you know, seventy-five dollars a ticket for an eighty-thousand-seat stadium, or about just about a ninety-thousand-seat stadium for the Superdome, uh, that times you know times eight games, right, George? So. Right. So you got that, Mike, 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 Mike. We're get, we're getting off the beaten path here, okay? Right. And that's my fault. I I, I should have I, I said it was an example. And I should have I should have stuck to that. Um, because we still have phase right. three to go through. Yeah, I'm just but you I'm just saying idea. for yeah, it, it it I'm just t- I'm just trying to compare the sports in terms of which sport would be a bigger hit. I mean. I mean, to me, the NFL wouldn't be a big as big a hit because they're not playing that many games at home, whereas uh, any given team, whereas a major league, a NBA or Major League Baseball or NHL would be because of the number of games they play. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at. The hit hmm. that the team would take. In terms of revenue, because they were, they, you know, you got a, ten, a twenty thousand seat arena that, a, let's say, the New York Rangers were playing in, and they only, and they're only filling ten thousand seats because of social distancing. Maybe not even that because of social distancing. That's a big hit. It is. Go ahead, George. It is. <clears throat> no doubt in my mind. But see, here's the thing. Okay. The different the differences between phases one and two, you know, things start getting a little bit they start easing up. It basically is what I'm getting at. For bars to operate with diminished standing room occupancy, 
like I said before, thank God I'm a, I'm sober. I don't drink booze anymore because standing room only, you've got a bunch of timber fall-down drunks on two feet. And it's like, uh, hey, there, go, there, goes, there goes Harry. He fell like a redwood. Yeah, I don't think I want to go through that. Well, I'm, I don't drink booze anymore, so I would never go through that again, but you get the idea. All right, now for phase three. Now, here's where phase three, phases one and two, leading up to phase three, are going to show even more, even less restrictions. Well, they should. Then we'll get down to the meat and potatoes of, the, of all those Democrat governors who will be dickheads and go, yeah, I'm not going to follow those. I'm not going to follow those recommendations. They're not mandatory. They're just recommendations, just suggestions. Fuck them. And then when their state fails, they'll turn around and most likely blame Trump for the failure instead of themselves. But I digress. All right, under phase three, individuals. Vulnerable individuals can resume public interactions, but should practice physical distancing, minimizing exposure to social settings where distancing may not be practical unless precautionary measures are observed. Low-risk populations should consider minimizing time spent in crowded environments. In phase one, it was a little bit more involved. All vulnerable individuals should continue sheltering in place. All right? So you basically, you know, the way we are right now kind of thing. In phase two, they asked that vulnerable individuals should continue to shelter in place. Basically, phases one and two were identical, with the exception of when in public. In phase one, when in public, you had, you could only, you know, it was limited to 10 people. In phase two, 50 people uh, for social settings of more than, okay? In phase three, there is no... When in public, except what's mentioned for vulnerable individuals and low-risk populations. Now, now things are getting even more at ease by phase three. Employers, one sentence. I kid you not, only one sentence. All right, and that sentence reads, and I quote, resume unrestricted staffing of work sites. Hold on, back up the bus, Gus. Whoa, slow down here. Resume unrestricted staffing of work sites. 
Hmm. Hold on now. Excuse me. For those of you who could hear that. Phase phases one and two regarding employers. In phase one, they incur they it said to continue to encourage telework whenever possible and feasible with business operations. If possible, return to work in phases. Close common areas where personnel are likely to congregate and interact or enforce strict social distancing protocols. That's phase one. Okay? Strongly consider special accommodations for personnel who are members of a vulnerable population. Phase two. They, they continue to encourage telework wherever, wherever, wherever possible and feasible with business operations, common areas where personnel are likely to congregate and interact or enforce moderate social distancing protocols. Now it got a little lighter. Strongly consider special accommodations for personnel who are members of a vulnerable population. In phase one, same thing. So phases one and two had the same recommendation for vulnerable population. But the common areas got a little bit of a facelift. Now in phase three, resume unrestricted staffing of work sites. Unrestricted staffing, which means they can all go back to work. Everybody goes back to work. Our economy starts rebuilding. It's not going to be an easy thing. Okay? There's going to be challenges. We all knew this. You know, we all, all of us with an ounce of brains and an ounce of common sense already knew that once we ended up sheltered in place, it now becomes necessary to, you know, you have to have a common sense plan in place or some common sense guidelines so that you go from really tight and really tight in the sphincter to not so tight in the sphincter to he farts once, we're going to get blown through the fucking wall wide open. I know I'm I, I'm I'm having fun with this, but you got to have a little fun with these things because otherwise people will start thinking you're dull, and I don't want people thinking I'm dull. I don't want people thinking that I'm boring them to tears. I'll put the kid in the in the crib. Yeah, gotta have fun. Otherwise, you go completely. <laughs> now, specific employers, phase three. I'm going to start with the last item first because this one I have the most fun with. In phase one, bars should remain closed. In phase two, 
Bars may operate with diminished standing room occupancy where applicable and appropriate. In other words, bar flies, you get to go in the bar, stand there, get drunk, and then go, Timber! Splat! After you've gotten drunk, drunk enough and you need to pass out. Just remember the old, the old adage rule, where you fall is where you fucking sleep, dickhead. Okay, but in <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. I slept behind the, a piano one time. I slept behind the piano one time. What's that? What's that, Gunslinger? I slept behind a piano one time. <laughs> I got news for you. I didn't sleep behind a piano. Didn't get that lucky. I'm sitting at a table, and I'm talking to this. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful redhead. I mean, she was absolutely gorgeous, you know. And I knew her, you know, from high school. She went to Peekskill High School. I went out to Yorktown, but it didn't matter. We were both from Peekskill. We're getting. We got. It was two o'clock, two thirty in the morning. The last thing I remember saying to her was, "God, your tits are huge." And down I went face first. Nobody hit me. I just passed right the fuck out. (laughs) My cousin who ran the bar, my cousin who ran the bar, went in the back, grabbed her spare blanket. She keeps a clean clean blanket in the back just in case, because apparently this had happened to other people before. She took the blanket, threw it over over my back, and left me there locked me in the bar, and just left me there for the rest of the night. I woke up about 9 o'clock in the morning, wondering where the fuck I was. And my cousin is, at, uh, she's behind the bar. bar hadn't actually opened yet. She, wasn't, she didn't open most mornings till about 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. And she brewed coffee. She waves the coffee under my nose and says, hey, George, nectar of the gods, time to get up. Yo, you drunken lush, got coffee here. Yeah, that woke me up real quick. But, well, what are you going to do? I mean, where you fall is where you sleep. That was the, that was the golden rule. Back in the day, with, with in my town, at least, at least you didn't amongst wind up in, some of them. At least you didn't wind up in handcuffs. <laughs> no, right. Um, one thing that was nice about that is, cops couldn't see inside the bar because she closed the shades after before she went out the door. Well, I mean, the, 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 besides the bar, this that, that one that's just stitches or, or stands out with me. I just ran a couple, ran a couple, couple of streets over here back in the day. Buddy, we threw a party. It was a tequila, 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 and they're tequila. Let me tell you, I woke up the next morning and I was handcuffed to the porch railing outside, one hand, and I'm looking around. How the fuck did I get out of here? That's when I crawled in and went back to sleep behind the piano. (laughs) 
Damn. You know. That's all I had it rough. You know what I'm. Yeah, you wake up with those silver bracelets on your wrist, and you're you're sitting there going, uh, huh? Yeah. Oh, how did I end up? Where? where, You're in the back of. If you're in the back of a of a cruiser, and you're sitting there handcuffed, because you know what happens when you're handcuffed behind the back. You're you're hunched forward like the hunchback that knows your fucking name. Mm-hmm. And you're pressed against that that seat in front of you, trying to figure out what the why, why am I sitting here? This is not where I did not plan on this. This is not part of the fun. <clears throat> well, getting arrested is never part of the plan. Oh, is a gunslinger. No, it's not. A, I'd, I'd avoid those, but like I said, that's the first time I ever tried that tequila, and that's the fucking last time I ever touched it. <laughs> that had been probably 30 yeah. years. Oh, drank tequila? That was the first time with shots. I think if I remember, I think I remember the third shot, and the next morning I <laughs> woke up outside with one hand handcuffed to the porch railing. <laughs> I think I did something like five or six depth charges using tequila. They had to carry me out of the bar. Wow. After only five or six debt charges. Oh, yeah. Right. Because what, what, <laughs> what started was we had this guy that ran, that would bartend for my cousin. He, he was called Big Al. <clears throat> the man stood 6'5", give or take, weighed about two and a half, three bills, and you didn't fuck with this guy. You didn't. He was a gentle giant. I mean, the guy was as nice as can be, but you did not fuck with him. Well, I got up to use the bathroom. I go, I go hit the bathroom, come back out, full beer, full mug of beer, and a shot. Al, what's with the shot? He goes, oh, don't worry about it. Just drop it in your mug and drink it down. Al? What's in the shot? Oh, don't worry, you'll like it. Just just take it, drop it in the mug, drink it down. Al, I don't drink strange booze without knowing what the fuck it is. What is it? He goes, George, have I ever steered you wrong? I said, no. But I'm still wanting to know what's in the shot. He puts his hand on my shoulder, and he goes, drink the fucking depth charge. I'm like, okay, fine. So I take them up. Now, it's called different things. Some people call them depth charges. Some call them boiler makers. Some people call them, well, whatever they call them. So I take the shot, drop it in the mug, and I drink it down. What was in the shot, Al? And he goes, tequila. I said, who who was stupid enough to put tequila next to my beer? He goes, are you calling me stupid? I said, no, you're the bartender. Who bought me this fucking shot, smartass? Oh, he did. And I turned around and come to find out it was my fucking cousin. 
My cousin in the, from who was a Marine from Vietnam was a motherfucker that the goddamn shot. <laughs> Four or five more shots later, they're carrying me out the fucking door. Wow. Never did tequila again after that episode. <sighs> now, I'll tell you what. Tell you what. For all you barflies out there, I know you. You used to be one. I know how very, very bad it is to want a beer and Jones for a beer in a bar. It's getting there. Well, I, well, I got the tab up here. Yeah, well, I got the tab up here. You want to remember that with this, with everything shut down, with the uh, shut down, back to almost idle speed. You know how people they they said they're waiting in line with uh, to uh, for food banks and you know all and for groceries and all this shit. You look at the uh, link I just popped in the chat room there. You'll see the pig standing in front of her twin. $25,000 refrigerators bragging about her gourmet ice cream. You heard oh, me right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. When I seen that last night, it made me sick. I 20, wanted to pay $25,000 for one refrigerator. Yeah. Can you believe that? The audacity of this motherfucking of gourmet ice cream? Yeah. And while people are waiting <clears> in line for fucking food. Man, oh man. That made me so goddamn mad. I wanted to shoot my fucking monitor. Oh, and I can't go. I can't go without my Dove ice cream bar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, all right, Dove ice cream bars cost $15 for a tub. Yeah. Yeah, families out there with children don't know where their fucking meal's coming from next. And this bitch has the audacity to stand up there and blow their fucking shit. Fucking piece of shit. God, that makes me and these, these, look. These are the same guys. This is the same bitch that's in charge of the the white the the Congress that doesn't want to be in the city to vote on another funding bill that so, probably is needed to be voted on. You know. So this is this is the same bitch that does that shit. You know. Right. Well, I'm going to say this, and I want people in America to to really listen to me, especially all of you fucking stoners in California who voted for this crankety, crotchety, clunkety, excuse me uh, for saying this, Iggy, but it's, it's, it's an acronym, but for this crotchety, cranky old cunt, Nancy Pelosi, who, and here's where the acronym comes in for that word, can't understand normal thinking. You need to stop voting her back into her fucking seat and vote her fucking ancient, ornery, godforsaken ass out. Get rid of this bitch. 
Put her out of her job. She's been doing it long enough. You know, all you fucking people that vote for these Democrats that are career politicians that don't know their ass from their elbow and could care less the fuck about you, they'll talk nice to your face when it's time to get voted into office. But after they get in office, you know what they're saying? They close the door, they sit back, they put their feet up, and they, and they go, ah, those stupid fucking people voted for me again. They, I can lie to them, and they don't even they, know it. They need... She, Miss Martini, Mrs. Martini needs to get out of office. You know? That's, that's her. I mean, she needs, she needs to be the one, like Ron White said, I got thrown out of a bar in New York. You know? She needs to be thrown out of the bar in the in the Congress, you know? Need to be thrown out of the yeah, country, well, period. Hey, listen, I, I, I'll tell you what. Here's what I would do. I would show her the business end of a rocket. Not the front or where the, where the fuel, where the flames come out. No, the business end of the rocket is where you open up this door, you have a nice supply of whiskey or whatever kind of booze she enjoys stacked to the rafters and tell her that's all for you from your constituents. She goes in, you close the door, you lock the motherfucking door, you get, you run down that gang tree, you get the fuck out of Dodge, you hit the button, you go, bye Nancy, blast off. Goodbye. Have a nice fucking orbit. Oh, wait a minute. You're not orbiting. You're still going. 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 Gone, bitch. Right. Yeah. Now, George, I, as you were talking, telling your story about the, the woman in the bar that won't, when you pass out in the bar, and I'm thinking about what must have that woman been thinking, you gave a, a pretty good compliment, and then you passed out on her. You know, <laughs> it's like okay. Huh. Yeah, I mean, nice. back in my drinking days, passing out like that was not exactly the coolest thing to do, especially with a beautiful woman like that. But hey, we were both drunk off our ass, so did it really matter? I guess not. And besides, I saw her. I saw her the next day anyway. So, not like I didn't. I wouldn't run into her. Hold that thought for a minute. I've got a caller from the eight five eight area code. So let's see what's on their mind. Eight five eight area code, go. Hey guys, thank you for taking my call. I um, my name's Randy Anderson here in San Diego. All right, Randy Anderson in San Diego. So what do yeah, you think of um, the uh, guidelines for the White House? Uh, um, about the what? I misheard you there. I'm sorry. President Trump set the guidelines out for the, oh. for the governors of the state to uh, take the recommendation of. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, think? no, I, I heard that. Apologies. Um, well, I mean, I feel like President Trump was kind of taken through. Uh, I, I feel like he was scammed a little bit. Uh, 
this, but um, you know, kind of. I think I don't think it's as serious as, as, it's, as it is. If you look at the per capita mortality rate with people just falling off the ladders, you have nine people dying per day in the United States just falling off the ladders, and then take into consideration, you know, cancer, all these other things. It just it shadows the COVID-19. But <clears throat> one thing I did want to talk about is I had I actually tested positive for COVID-19. Here in San Diego, I went to a testing station, wasn't feeling well. I'm still recovering, as a matter of fact, but it was, uh, uh, but it was not something that I would want to wish upon. Okay, you're gone. Yeah, nice try, asshole. You sounded good for a minute there, but then you started doing that that dumb. Sound effects bullshit, and that you just that just that just puts you right out the fucking door. See, that's that's the kind of dumb shit, really unnecessary, you know. But uh, phase three, guys, getting back to this. So, so in phase three. Bars may operate with increased standing room occupancy where applicable, right? So once again, so wait a minute now. Phase two, phase one, they couldn't, they remained closed. Phase two, they could operate with diminished standing room occupancy. In phase three, with increased standing room occupancy, does that mean that they, they get to have more people in the bar? And then all these people standing up, getting good and drunk, and then all of a sudden, timber splat. Uh, yeah, I, I I think that's just adding a few more bodies to the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Really? At night. Closed myself. Hey, you resemble that remark. On the grounds it may incinerate me. <laughs> I resemble that remark on the grounds it may incinerate me. Well, I'll get, let me get a blowtorch, motherfucker. So, okay. So now the bars can have more people, but they can only stand. Now, gymnasiums can remain open if they adhere to standard sanitation protocols. You know, basically, you know, what they were doing before, only a little bit, you know, with a lot, a lot of the same, I guess, basically. Large venues, whether it's sit-down dining, movie theaters, sporting events, uh, sporting venues, places of worship. They can operate under limited physical distancing protocols. Now, in phase one, they can operate under strict physical distancing protocols. Phase two, under moderate physical distancing protocols. Now, in phase three, they would be, it would be under limited physical distancing protocols. So it's getting, it, it opens up more and more. So a lot of these 
uh, states or, or towns that say you can't do that, maybe they ought to look at this. Because now people don't, who want to go to Sunday worship, if they decide to do it with a drive-in type of, uh, type of setup to play it safe, let them do it. They're in their cars. The windows are closed. Not a problem. Visits to senior care facilities and hospitals can resume. In phase three, yes, you'll be able to visit friends and family in the hospitals, loved ones in the senior care facilities. But here's, here's the thing. Those who interact with residents and patients must be diligent regarding hygiene. In other words, be sure to wash your ass. But a bump. Excuse me. And anyone who farts more than twice in the room need to they they should leave immediately. I had to throw that in. Well, I didn't have to, I just did. And that's basically where phase three goes. Now it talks about vulnerable individuals. You know, let me emphasize that vulnerable individuals fall into the following category. Elderly individuals, individuals with serious underlying health conditions, including high blood pressure, chronic lung disease, diabetes, obesity, asthma, and those whose immune system is compromised, such as chemotherapy for cancer and other conditions requiring such therapy. Well, guess what? High blood pressure, diabetes, and unfortunately, because I'm over 300 pounds, again, I fall into the obese category, which sucks. So there you go. People with uh, chronic lung disease, uh, we're talking people with COPD or emphysema. So that's basically what they mean by vulnerable individuals. All right, guys. Well, you know, they have to do something. Like I said, well, go. They have to, you know, you just can't just go out there and say, you know, open the floodgates and boof. <laughs> you have at it. Um, we'd be back to square one. You know, it's just like... Uh, being a lineman, which I never did get in alignment work, but Ron would know what I'm talking about. If a whole area goes down, you just don't bring it all back at once. Uh, you start popping fucking fuses like firecrackers, okay? You have to bring section by section by section by section back up, you know, slowly. And it's the same thing, you know. Same thing. Right. What do you think, Mike? Like, and it's like... You know, it's like okay, uh, you want to you want to do that. Then, I mean, for instance, you mentioned these buildings, George. I know you have this thing. I know you have the Mid Hudson Civic Center up there, which is mm-hmm. what? How many? 
how many people can squeeze into that building at any given time? Uh, I don't know the seating capacity of the place, honestly. I've only oh, okay. been there a couple I mean, of times. Okay. Well, we have one down here, and it's like a, let's call it a 5,000, 6,000 seat Civic Center. All right. It's a, on a smaller side for a Civic Center. So that means that in phase three, we could. We don't usually fill it up, but let's just say we could maybe fill that place up, you know, at any given point, you know. So, yeah, that's that's what Phase 3 is aiming to do is to open these things up to where we get back to some sort of normalcy. You know, now, is that a smart move? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we're not ready for it, but... I don't know. I mean, I mean, at some point we will be ready for them, and we'll just have to see. And again, the flu season starts right at the beginning of the NFL. All right, September, October, you know. And when that thing kicks off, well, we'll see what happens with this COVID, with this, with this. Uh, and that, that brings the COVID. I, I, I won't go backwards, but kind of you gotta ask yourself, George, why is a malaria drug having so much success with what essentially is the flu? All right. Mm. Well, no, wait, no, wait a minute. Now everybody keeps making that same mistake. Coronavirus is not a flu. Got to stop making that comparison. It's nothing like the flu. Okay? So people keep confusing it with the flu, and, and it confuses the issue. Okay? Yeah, I ask yourself, why is this drug having success? But that's 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 a side issue, you know. These these guidelines, I mean, they, like you said, they keep they get lesser. I don't want to say lesser and lesser, but yeah, they get lesser and lesser as the tiers go. Get as you know, the third you get one, the first tier, the second tier, and the third tier, and they get lesser and lesser. So again, I. I like I said, they're aiming at getting us back to where we were before the uh, the virus, you know. And I don't know if we'll ever get back to that point, but we might possibly get back to a point at which it's, you know, close. But we'll just have to see about that. Back to you, George. Well, at some point, things are, are going to get back to a kind of normal, but not the normal that we're, we were once used to. Um, this is a new normal, 
as people like to call it. And I think that at the end of the day, we have to look at the at, at the bigger picture. Okay, now we're starting to see we're, we've got we've got the White House has put out these guidelines. It's up to the governors of these uh, of the states to either implement them and and make them viable, or the ones that are stubborn are going to continue the strict guidelines as as they are as they are currently in. It's it's a catch twenty two. It really is a catch twenty two. And look, here's here's something else to think about. As I've said before, I was talking about this mayor down there in New Orleans, you know, Lucas or whatever her name is, and yeah, our governor can implement these things. But it's up to the mayor or the mayors to implement them in their respective city. And if we got a mayor that's being stubborn about it and doesn't want to, or has a big ego about it and doesn't want to implement them, then, you know, what are we going to do about that? You know? Oh, see, Friday, Governor Cuomo's uh, executive order regarding every New Yorker must wear some form of mask or face covering will take effect. So that means that when I walk out my, outside of my building, I have to wear some, some kind of protective face covering. And that's, to me, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's mandating, that he's mandating that we, that we'd have to do this. And that executive order was signed before these guidelines were issued, were sent out by the, by the president. Now, President Trump, uh, prior to, uh, making these guidelines public, spoke with the governors. So, hopefully, that in talking with the governors and, 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 and telling them, you know, what these guidelines have in them and so on like that, and I'm sure he, he sent the governors a copy of the guidelines prior to their release publicly, uh, said, look, you know, it's a, you know, I'm not telling you you have to. It's not, I'm, I'm just giving, I'm just giving you these guidelines for you to work with, so that we can get this country back up and running. Now, phases one, two, and three of these guidelines are going to take time to implement. They are. There's no doubt in my mind. But at the same time. My hope is that these governors will um, will actually do that. They'll they'll look at these guidelines and say, okay, 
we can there there's a there's a this looks promising I think we can do this because at the end of the day it's also about getting our country back on its feet uh financially you know getting the country back back up and running so that our economy can start to rebuild and not for anything but we, you know our country needs to do that we have to see this happen we have to see this come to fruition okay uh we 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 cannot afford the luxury of seeing our country uh, sitting idle uh, economically for for too much longer. Now I know there are some folks who are, are who are who are talking about economic collapse, or the or or fear that have a fear of that happening. But if these if these guidelines are are if if the if the states follow these guidelines, there's a good chance we can. See our economy start to rebuild. It'll, it'll be gradual. It will take time, but it will happen. But the governors of the, of, the, of all the states need to take this seriously, and and not sit there and go, well, I don't care what the guidelines say. We're I'm do, we're doing it our way. No. You want to do it your way? fine but you're you're also going to cause what as Iggy Mom pointed out earlier in the chat room it could interfere with interstate commerce and you don't want to do that because interstate commerce is a vital part of the, of our economy okay so what at what point do we the american people in our respective states decide to tell the governor of our states, hey, the White House laid out some really good guidelines. Why not put them into, into practical use? You know, let them know up front. It can, be, it can work. But you've got to be willing to give it a chance. What do you think of that idea, guys? Well, it's pretty well, simple, like you know. Go ahead. I just gonna say it's pretty simple. I mean, remember what I've said. I've always said it, it's like a ticking time bomb. The more it goes on, the louder the tick's going to get. It started off as a little silent tick, and now it's steadily increasing. But when you steadily increase exponentially, you're going to eventually wind up when it stops ticking. When it stops ticking, that's when it blows up. That's what it's headed to. So they better, you know, better adhere to these guidelines quick. <laughs> right. And the thing is, is I, 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 I go back to what I was talking about earlier with this mayor in New Orleans. Now, yeah, the governor might want to do it. Governor X Y Z might want to do it. You know, maybe Governor uh, Governor Cuomo might want to do these things. 
you know, might want to adhere to it. But he's going to have to talk to his mayors, you know, and ask and make the suggestion to them, too. Because he can make the law, he can put them in the practice as an executive order as law or as laws himself, but that doesn't mean the mayors, particular cities and towns and hamlets and such, are going to follow it, you know, as we've seen down here. I mean, everybody has an ego, you know. Now, can he maybe force these mayors? Can Governor XYZ maybe force his mayors to follow these rules? I don't know. Back to you, George. If I were the governor of New York, of course, I'd be a lot smarter than the current governor we have. <laughs> I think uh, anyone is smarter than the governor we currently have here in New York. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think an ant crawling on the ground is smarter than the governor of, of New York we currently have. But, uh, you know, that's, that says a lot for the governor, of the, uh, for Governor Cuomo. Um, but if I were the governor, okay, if I were the governor of this state, the first thing I would do is I would go before the, the reporters in that news conference. I would have a mask on my face, surgical gloves on my hands, a bottle of hand sanitizer on the table, in front of every single person that's gathered there at that table with me, they would have gloves on and masks on or some kind of face covering. And I would tell them up, I would tell the reporters up front, okay, President Trump laid out some, laid out some guidelines that uh, look really good. Okay, this looks good. I think we I think we can make this work. And I would turn around and I would say to all the mayors of every of every town, every every city in New York state, I say we we start implementing these guidelines as soon as possible. In order to bring this country back on its feet again. Yes, New York has been the hardest hit. But done right, done properly, these guidelines can help bring not only New York, but the entire country back on its feet if all the states implement these guidelines at a at, at a pace that is uh, viable for them to do. If there are states that refuse to follow the guidelines, it is only going to hamper the 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 uh, the other states and slow them down. So we all must work together, whether it's here in New York, or in Louisiana, or California, or Texas, or Missouri, or Arkansas, wherever, we must help each other 
by working together and using these guidelines. Okay? Yeah. But that's just me. That's the way I would handle it if I were the governor. Now, right. with these guidelines yeah. having been released, it'll be interesting to see what Governor Cuomo has to say tomorrow. Yeah. It'd be interesting because Cuomo is to be terrible. He's an egomaniac at times. I see Boyd just joined us in the chat room. Hi, Boyd. Now, if I could get Mike from from here in New York to join us, that'd be great. Then I can bring uh, Boyd. Then, then we can see if Boyd will join in and stuff like that, and um, all that good stuff. Three four seven nine four five five seven four seven. So, George, I just looked up the uh, Mid Hudson Civic Center and their and their uh, capacity, and it's like three thousand and fifty. So, you know. Moderately, you know, it's a, it's a somewhat middling arena. But again, that's not the point. The point was the social distancing guidelines and what's going to happen to these places that these these venues and such. You know, as they get as they go from tier to tier. Now, now as they go from tier to tier. The more they're going to allow, the more people they're going to allow into these places. You know, I mean, like you said, uh, leave them where they lay in their bars, right? So yeah, that's going to happen until 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 that point comes when the decision. Yeah, the president is has has come out with these these guidelines, but it's up to the governors and the mayors to to uh, to institute the guidelines and follow the guidelines, you know. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these guidelines and when, which man's which which guy which well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give him probably give Cuomo probably more credit than I I should by saying he's going to say to do the guidelines you know he's gonna in, try and institute the guidelines you know I, I'm giving him more credit than I probably should and. You can correct me on that, George, because I'm being I, I wanna be positive with uh Cuomo in this in this matter. And that's being maybe overly positive with him because anything look, 
he's a Democrat and he's probably trying to run for president. Maybe not this year, but maybe 2024. I don't know. And anything that makes the president look bad might make him look good or whatever, whatever. But in this case, he should put all that other stuff aside. Look at look at this with what it is, and it's a it's an issue that is I don't want to use the term that was made famous on on our friend show, but quote for the greater good end quote, and if and that's a that's a liberal progressive term, and if he wants to live up to that term, then he the 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 thing he should do is institute these guidelines, you know. Thank you, George. Well, I think I think the the implementation of these guidelines uh, is also going to to spell um, spell a lot of. Hope it's going to spell out hope for for the American people. Okay, they're going to the, the people looked at these guidelines. I'm sure by now and have seen that as you go as you go through the, all three phases, it goes from really from strict to moderate to yes, you still have to social distance and stuff like that, but. It's not going to be as bad as the first two phases looked. I mean, I hate to say it, but even for all those bar flies that are going to be glad to see the bars open again, the only thing they're not going to be able to do is sit down. Okay? Yeah, they'll get the, they'll get a few people in there that they'll stand, and like I said, you know, they'll get in there, they'll get south, and it'll be timber splat because they passed out <laughs> from drinking too much. Hey, listen, I'll tell you something. Between you, me, and the four winds, I've only had that happen four times in all the years I drank in bars when I was drinking. Uh, the fourth time was really bad. Fourth time was really bad. Here's what happens. I'm I'm so soused. I'm in the I'm in the men's room. I, I had just taken a piss and all this and I'm like completely gone, wasted. I'm walking out, and I forgot to zip my fly, and, of course, uh, well, some of the women saw what was there, and uh, this one lady walks up real close to me, and she goes, uh, excuse me, just for a second, and she goes, she zips my fly up, and she goes, I think you forgot something, and I look at her, and I go, I didn't forget a thing. Not that I'm aware of. And she started laughing. I started laughing. Eh, her and I ended up dating for a while. Yeah. Problem? <laughs> we ended up dating for a while. 
and we both ended up passing out together at the same time. We had, we had a meeting of the minds. Literally, our foreheads went clunk. <laughs> we dropped to our knees, spilled over sideways, and that's the last thing I remember happening. Needless to say, nobody told me what happened after that. I don't think they. I don't. I don't think they really were trying. They weren't really wanted to say anything. Uh, basically, because they knew we were out for the count in more ways than one. So there you have that. We've got just uh, about nineteen and a half minutes coming up on the nineteen and a half minute mark left on Blog Talk Radio. If you want to join in, now is a good time to pick up the phone and dial the digits, 347-945-5747. Remember, the old adage, lines are open, no waiting. Now, normally speaking, I don't do this unless it's absolutely, positively no other choice. But I need to take a very quick break because my bladder is about to say, fire in the hole, boom. So uh, I, I got to do something here that's going to allow me to flood the bathroom. Yes, folks, I got to piss my brains out. I drank a whole two-liter bottle of Coca-Cola, and my insides are saying, Please go now. Hurry. <laughs> I've been trying to hold off as long as I could, but nah, it's not going to happen. Sorry. So I'm going to play a quick PSA just to, to give me the opportunity to go and do that, and I'll be right back. So hang tight. Okay, kids, gather around. I know we haven't discussed this in a while, but uh, who remembers where we're all going to meet in case of an emergency? Um, I do. Grand Central Station. Times Square. No, silly. Higher ground. Where's that? The mountains, son. But we live in the city. Hmm, right. Good point. What about supplies and all that other stuff? Ah, don't you even worry. Your mom has all those canned beets somewhere in the apartment. Oh, I just remembered. I also have canned cocktail onions. What about water? We have a few gallons stored in the basement. But we don't have a basement. He means that storage unit. Where's that? 32nd and 7th. Great. Sounds like we don't have a plan. What time's the game on? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Search ReadyKids at NYC.gov or call 311. A public service announcement brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies, like the storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. We were able to get in touch with each other in no time. no idea how to find each other. My husband kept the kids occupied. our son, but there was no reception. Everything was down. I felt like we handled everything very well. I had to try and stay calm. The whole experience was the most frightening 10 hours of my life. It was, it was kind, kind of like, like a little family adventure. Mother hopes will never happen to her. I, I remember, remember the, the relief 
of being together. I realized together. he was out there all alone. If, if there's, there's one, one piece of advice I'd offer other moms, moms out there, there it's to stay it's calm and keep to message. the plan. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Visit nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311. Brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Just now, another kid dropped out of school. There's one every 20 seconds. Over 200 kids an hour. That adds up to nearly 5,000 kids every school day. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. But there is someone who can change that. And that someone is you. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. So make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because the path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. All right, we're back here at Firefox News Online. Sorry for that. But when you got to go, you got to go. And boy, did I have to go. I feel about 10 pounds lighter, liquid wise. See, that's what happens when you drink a lot of soda. And technically, I really shouldn't be drinking soda because I'm a diabetic. But, uh, well, uh, you know, I had a couple extra dollars in my on my card, my food stamp card still, and I figured I'll just go down the street and get a bottle of soda and treat myself. Oh, big mistake. Trust me, big mistake. <laughs> We have 14 minutes remaining in the live broadcast on Blog Talk Radio before we do the overtime deal. If you're well, if you're looking to join, now's the time to do so at 347-945-5747. Uh, I'm telling you, one of those one of those kind of deals. Folks, how many of you I, I used to buy this a lot. I don't I don't get it that often because it's a little it's a little it's a little pricey. It's good because it's real butter. But I, I used to buy Land O'Lakes butter. Okay. I used to get it mm-hmm. a lot. Now you know Land O'Lakes with with the little Indian on the on the package there. They've had that as the symbol of their of their butter for for over a hundred years. Not anymore. Nope. Land O'Lakes decided to end using the Native American on their packaging as a result of it being racist. That's right. You heard me, folks. Somebody decided it was racist.
And I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about in, in a second here because I have the screen capture, and I'll share the screen capture with those of you who are not watching by way of um, the video links that are in the chat room. Um, the first link I'm going to put in is what the package looks like, currently looks like before the change to the new look. Oops. Wanted to copy the link there. Now, the second screen capture link I'm putting in is what the package will look like without the Native American Indian on it. Okay. So, here here we go, folks. There is your Native American Land O'Lakes Butter package, the way it currently looks, at least last time I saw it. It had the, the, the little Native American Indian girl holding a box of, of course, Land O'Lakes Butter. Unfortunately, because someone said it's racist, well, let me show you what they now are going to, what the package will look like now. Not too much removed from what you just saw. Okay. But now you look at that and you don't see the Native American girl. And it says, farmer-owned Land O'Lakes. Since 1921, but no Native American girl on the package because some thick-skinned, stupid son of a bitch who, who must be a liberal decided it's racist. Okay? I get it. You can't handle... You can't handle this. I get that. You don't want something that has been on the package for a hundred fucking years. Because you think it's racist. So again, showing you folks the Land O'Lakes package before... and what they're going to make it look like after the girl is removed from the box. Now I'm going to give you the, the, the skinny on this. The headline reads, Land O'Lakes drops racist Native American image from packaging after nearly 100 years. The farmer-owned dairy co- the farmer-owned dairy cooperative produces butter, cheese, and other milk products has dropped the Native American maiden image from its packaging 
opting instead for just a landscape. The logo, which has been the company's label for nearly 100 years since it was founded in Minnesota in 1921, has been called racist and criticized for its use of the Butter Maiden. The new label was announced in a press release from Land O'Lakes in February, though it made no specific mention of removing the Native American image from all products. The press release shared the new packaging will show up in a variety of ways, including through a new front-of-package design that features the phrase farmer-owned above the Land O'Lakes brand, name, brand mark, as well as including pictures of farmers and co-op members on the label. As Land O'Lakes looks toward our 100th anniversary, we've recognized we need packaging that reflects the foundation and heart of our company culture, and nothing does that better than our farmer owners whose milk is used to produce Land O'Lakes dairy products, said Beth Ford, President and CEO, Land O'Lakes, in the press release. As a farmer-owned co-op, we strongly feel the need to better connect the men and women who grow our food with those who consume it, Ford said. Many on social media are celebrating the move, criticizing the company for using the image of a Native American woman named Maya for its branding in the first place. The packaging is expected to be fully rolled out across all products by the end of 2020. All right, first of all, let me point out that there's only six minutes remaining in the broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and we will be in overtime on BTR. You will not be able to call in at that point. Uh, for those of you who are on my friends list on Skype that are, that are not on the phone lines, if you do decide you want to join in, I can bring you on that way, but bear in mind, you will only be on for the duration of the overtime period. Okay? Just keep that in mind. 347-945-5747. We now have five and a half minutes remaining in this live BTR broadcast. We are still live on all other platforms. All right. Guys, you know, you heard the story. You obviously by now have seen the original packaging appearance and the new look they want to roll out. Is this, A, the Land O'Lakes company succumbing to pressure from liberal, low-life scumbags that think everything is racist? Or is this the company's way of saying, we need to change? Uh, it could be a little bit of both, George, but... Um, but could be the fact that this might have been, and we don't know this for sure, but this might have been in the works for a while. 
you know. Well, they say and, it was it was it was the plan was uh, it goes back to February. Okay. Um, now. Hold on a second. Let me see. If I can find that exact paragraph. Um, the new label was announced in a press release from Land Lakes in February. So yeah, th- this goes back um, three months, give or take. Okay. Okay. So, but but you know, my my thing is not whether or not it's both. My thing is the reaction to it on Twitter, and you get you get or on social media, and this. These are the same people that are reacting to this, reacting to the Indian on the cover as being racist, that have been trying to get the Atlanta Braves, uh, the Cleveland Indians, the Florida State Seminoles, and a whole slew of other college teams that are represented, you know, that their mascot is a, Native American and Indian to change their mascot, you know, and they're not, they won't be happy until these teams do such. I mean, for, for God's sakes, uh, oh, what's the name of that? Uh, Se- is it Seton Hall or one of those colleges up here where George's name was named the Redmen. And they changed it to the Warhawks or something, some other thing, but that was the that was due to the fact that they were getting pressure from one of these groups that thought, well, red men is uh is you know this that and the other, and you know it's racist to call them that, so we're gonna have them change their name that's that's the reaction those are the people that are giving you that reaction on social media now about this. Is that that group of people that are that are trying to get get you to change their name? Back to you, George. Hmm. Gunslinger, any thoughts? Well, you know, when these people do that, okay, it shows you how stupid they are. Remember what they did to the fucking Confederate flag and the Confederate statues and this, the Confederate belt buckle and the Confederate shirts and the T-shirts and all this shit. Same thing, okay? Um, It shows their low intelligence, number one. It shows that just because you can take a symbol off of something, either on a jar or a thing of butter or a confederate flag or a confederate statue or something like that, you're going to think you're going to go away with racism. No. It's only going to intensify. At least with, with me, because I am Southern. Mike, you are too, because you're, you're, you're from Louisiana. I'm from Texas. Those are about the two of the fucking southern, southern states you can get, unless you want to go swimming in the shark-infested Gulf of Mexico. Okay. I take very, very applaud to that, okay, because of their stupidity. I mean, what do you think they're accomplishing? Oh, let's all sit around in circle jerk and, and sing kumbaya, and everything will just be so rosy. Fuck you. Wake up and smell the goddamn roses out there, you dumb bastards, okay? This is not a perfect world. 
ever was, not, probably never will be, okay? It's there, you fucking black people, you were slaves, get over it, okay? That happened a hundred fucking fifty years ago, all right? Sure, my ancestors were probably owned slaves. I'm from Texas, okay? Uh, and you want reputation for that? <laughs> if it wasn't for us, people, and all the other fucking races out there, y'all still be back. Well, Chinese still eating dogs, but at least the blacks are, wouldn't be sad, uh, were swinging from trees in Africa. At least most of them not. Hell, there ain't even a lot of blacks here that never even been to Africa, for God's sakes. Okay? So, and then they want more, more, more. Well, you know, uh, remember the, uh, the, the the Confederate War and all that shit wasn't about slavery. <laughs> it was nothing near about slavery. It was about state rights, states' rights and money. But they're too stupid to go back and might learn something. Huh. Gee whiz. Go ahead. <sighs> Well, I'll put this to you, okay? Uh, I don't care if a person's black, white, Hispanic, Asian, or pink with polka dots. I've said this before, and I, I'll say it again. We're all, we're all members of one race, the human race. And the sooner people actually open their fucking eyes and realize that, the better off we'll be. Believe me, we will be a lot better fucking off. Now, I'm going to throw a link a link in the chat room. All right? Because this is something I came across today that you know for some of us maybe many of us will remember those of us who are of the generation that do remember this some of these things now the veteranssite.com their blog put out the following item Only baby boomers will understand these seven outstanding pictures. Now, it says here, as baby boomers, we've been around for some of the more historic and important moments in our nation's history. Cultural changes and technological advancements have improved life for many. On the flip side, a lot of things we grew up with are no longer around. Sure, we may have the ability to flip through 200 channels to find exactly what we want to watch, no matter what time it is. But, but, there's something so charming and nostalgic about the good old days. I think, I like to think of it as a special way of life that only us baby boomers are privy to. So let's raise a glass to the good old days. There are some things that just can't be improved on, and sadly, often can't be replicated either. Take a trip down memory lane with us. 
and check out the following seven things that only a baby boomer would understand. I don't think of myself as a baby boomer, you know? I really don't, but that's that's okay. Um, I, I figure, okay, baby boomers, every time I hear that phrase, you know what comes to mind for me? That that old that old that old saying rubber baby buggy bumpers. Try saying that three times fast and you get tongue your tongue ties up and not so bad that uh your tongue will want to sue you for damages. Okay. So I'm gonna you know what I'll put this I'm gonna put this up on, on the on the on the video feeds so that the people watching get to see this. Um I think I, I think it, I, I think of some of this stuff, and it's like okay. Now, first item: five and dime stores. Listen, I grew up during the five and dime store days. Okay, anyone who has ever shopped in F. W. Woolworths or Woolworths from way back in the day, like in the 60s and 70s especially, you remember the lunch counter. You remember the penny candies and all that stuff. You know, when you were a kid. I remember when I was a kid, I saw that, I used to deal with that stuff. But, you know, it's, this is from a, from a day, from, this is from an era long past. The days of the five and dime store are long gone. Replaced with dollar stores. Yeah, not exactly the same thing, is it? Before the days of online shopping and super mega department stores, we had the five and dime store. It seemed like you could find anything you needed at one of these variety stores. And for a good price, too. Hence the name. Branches like Woolworths, Ben Franklin, Cress were the place to go for anything from penny candy, ah, see, what I tell you, to household goods. Yeah, household goods like, you know, you could find, you know, all kinds, you could find cooking utensils, can op- electric can openers, you know, all kinds of stuff. You know, beautiful thing. Now, for all of you out there that remember the days of television channels signing off, I remember those days, you would see a test pattern after they did that. You'd hear this, you would see a video of, say, the American flag waving. Jets flying overhead, you know, all kinds of patriotic symbols. And then it would go to the test pattern and eventually snow on your screen. Well, not only did we have just three channels to choose from, well, I grew up, we had more than three, but, you know, 
we had here in New York we had two, four, five, seven, nine, and eleven. We had six channels, not counting what was on UHF. Please don't even think about writing to us and asking what's UHF. Well, you can, but it's kind of a waste, don't you think? Underwater, uh, but these underwater. Uh, underwater right. what, what, what's that? Gun? I said UHF, uh, underwater. Um, damn, I'm old. Can't think of it. <laughs> underwater, well, in, in, ultra high frequency. It, I don't know. No, yeah, UHF. Was, that's what it was. Ultra- so UHF is considered ultra high frequency. Ultra high, ultra high frequency, yeah. 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 But I, there, I am a big. Another one, VHF, which is vector high frequency, if I remember correctly. Right. I I also remember I I watched an animated movie one a superhero animated movie one name and. One of the characters is set in the fifties and stuff, and one of the characters was watching TV, and as the TV went as as the TV thing went off the air, there was this they did the whole thing and they did the whole thing with the uh, the uh, the national anthem playing and all that stuff. But also what they had was what looked like a uh, a coin with an Indian head on it. You know, that was mm-hmm. another thing they did. Okay, you know? well, that that I believe you're talking about the test pattern. I'll tell you what. Yep. I'm going to show you. I'll take a screen capture of it right now. All right? And this screen capture will show you what, what, what the test pattern looked like. All right? In case you forgot what it looked like. And there it is. Now, mind you, I remember that. I'm old enough to remember that. But as it says here, you know, they, not only did not only did we have only three channels. In my case, I had we had six by the time I was growing up uh, to choose from. But these channels actually signed off at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. No DVR. No on demand. Nope. If if you missed your favorite TV show, you had to wait until next week. Most times, a channel would air the national anthem followed by the test pattern. And yes, folks, that's the test pattern that Mike referred to with the with the with the nickel the Indian nickelhead. I actually took a. What is the test pattern? Where do they get this? Where did it originate from? That um, well, this was the original test pattern that most TV stations would use, or they would use the color bars. Okay, I don't know where they actually got them from, but considering television was a new medium when it first came out, uh, they had to come up with something. In the years TV started to evolve. And Unless I it think represents that's what, the black white uh, spectrum, the light spectrum or something. That's the only thing I can think of. Because of the forty five, the twenty degrees, angles, maybe. Right. So I, I'm guessing the, the, the light spectrum. 
I, I agree with you. I think it has a lot to do with the light spectrum in that re- in that respect. Mm-hmm. I can't be sure though. I'll look it up. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll look it up. And um, I don't know if Ron will do his show tomorrow night. But I think he said he. I, I thought he was going to do it tonight, but apparently he he didn't. But then he said something about going to uh, going. I think to St. Louis for a day or two. For a couple of days. So I'll I'll set something. I'll, I'll do something impromptu. You know, less blog talk radio, of course, because I don't I don't. I won't use blog talk radio on an off on an off night that I don't broadcast, but um, I'll look up this information. And even if I don't do anything and Ron does, I'll bring it over to Ron's show. If necessary. Well, you know, remember the first TV sets were black and white. Cause right. I remember yes. back in the back mid seventies, early seventies, cause I had a little, I think it was a Zenith. How do I fucking remember that? My God. Uh, and I would, you know, it'd be black and white. We'd have the distance normal channels. And, of course, you know, I think it was about, what, 11 o'clock or something, the symbol would come on, just like you said, every every fucking night. Of course, I, my parents made me go to bed because I was still in grade school. But yeah, I remember that. But the colorization didn't come out until, oh, God, I guess it was about 80, late 70s, late, late No, 70s. color came, I, my brother had a floor model TV that was color. And that was back in the early seventies, right? Color TV now, came, color, actually color, color came out in the sixties. Because remember, everything, everything, I love Lucy, and all these things that were out there in the fifties were all black and white. Lassie, I love Lucy, uh, all that right. stuff. And then first, we get you get things like I Dream like Genie and Junction and the like. Ultimately, were producing right. color. But here's the thing. Watch Green Acres or Pedicle Junction or, um, or or any one of those early days color TV shows, the ones that were produced in color at that time, and watch them on, uh, on a full HD TV, which is 19, 19, 19, 16 by 9 uh, measurement. <laughs> well, the original uh, we shows all, were four by three. Well, we're all wrong on that one. That son of a bitch came out in ni- December seventeenth, nineteen fifty-three. Was the first what, world's the first electronic color television system. And that was by RCA. Okay, the first one was in the fifties. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't sure. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't sure when color TVs actually came yeah. out. I mean, I was born in 63, for God's sakes. I was born in 64. Right. But we didn't have... This had to be be on a limited basis, because I was growing up, and we never did have a color TV set. I don't even remember. But if it came out in 53, unless the commercial stations were not transmitting in color yet, that might have been a limited area. But I don't ever remember... It was back it was all the way through the early 70s, mid-70s. I don't think we ever got a car until, until the late 70s. I think we got one of them big old RCA console TVs. You know, it did the pull switch, not the not the on-off. You go left, right, or whatever. It's just you pull the switch out. 
tube type, you know, the CRT tube types. I'm trying to remember. There was a particular show, and I guess it was it was a it was a, several of them that started out black and white, but as it went along, I think like the Monsters did. I think Bewitched did. I think no, Monsters uh, never came yeah. out in black. Those are all uh, black and white. In color. Black, yeah, black yeah. and white. Bewitched. Well, yeah. Bewitched started in black and white, and then it transitioned to color. Then it went to color. Yeah. But the monsters, right? And I, I also the think I Dream Genie did that too. Right. I also think I Dream Genie did that too. So yeah, those, yeah. those there were several TV listen, shows that did that. Mike, listen, Mike, listen to me. I Dream of Genie mm-hmm. went from black and white and transitioned to color. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with uh, Gilligan's Island. They started in black and white and then transitioned to color. Okay? So a lot of shows that went from black and white to color made the transition. But shows that did not, because it it was very expensive to broadcast in color or to record anything in color. Color film was very expensive back then. Very expensive for TV uh, producers. it didn't come here to Dallas until 1966, June 16, 1966. Channel 5 is one of the is still Channel 5 today. Became the first television station in Texas, the whole of Texas, to present all of its news, film, footage, and color. That was 1966. Weird. Wow. I didn't know well, that. here's the thing, guys. The only shows that were not produced in that made the transition to color, that certain to, to my memory were shows like uh, Andy Griffith, uh, The Addams Family, The Munsters. The ones that, another one that transitioned to color from black and white, Gomer Pyle, USMC. Because if you remember, the, the very beginning of Gomer Pyle was in black and white. And then later on, it, it was produced in color. Now I can't swear to it, but I, but wasn't Hogan's Heroes in black and white in the beginning and then went color? Yeah, it was. Yeah, black and white. The first days. Yeah, yeah. Black and white. Yep. Yeah. Well, Terry so, Mason was a lot too. Of, no, uh, Perry Mason was black and white in its original run. It didn't go to right. color until they they started doing the, the made-for-TV movies. And that came years later. Oh yeah. But you see, look at look at look at what this this one website so far has has, has done. It's allowed us to to reminisce about about the past and, and what we remember of television back then. I used to fall asleep to the to the to the closing of the broadcast day. Because I would, I would stay I up late and watch thing. TV. I do know one thing. By 1966, when Batman came along, every, mostly everything was in color by that time. Because everything right. and everything Batman had, everything that the Adam West did, was in color. 
You know, I mean, it's like, okay, right. Star Trek was in color, uh, Batman was in color, um, you know. Oh, uh, wait Holly's a minute, here. wait a minute. Hold on. Star Trek, the original pilot, the very first pilot they made with Jeffrey black. Hunter was was initially black and white. Some segments were black and white. Okay. Even MASH, even MASH, the original, was black and white. I think. What, the the one with Alan Alda? Yeah. No, no that was all color. That was in that was that was produced all in color. Even the movie was in color. Oh no. No. Because when I that think, when, I when think by, by, out, by the time done in color. by the time the MASH movie came out, that was what was it, nineteen seventy ish? Was that movie? MASH? Yeah, about that. And then a couple of years or so later the T V series came out. Right, so by that time, everything was in color, you know. I mean, let's forget about the movie. Everything on TV was in color, you know, just about. I mean, Good Times, uh, All in the Family. The Mod Squad. Yeah. Um, the, the streets of San Francisco. Oh yes. Barney Miller. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking a lot of a lot of good shows in the early in the early in, in the mid '60s on up that were 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 ultimately produced in color. But when you look at when you look at this, okay, when you look at the um, at, at, the, at this article, at this uh, blog post, it, it, it's it's truly a, a, a trip down memory lane for a lot of us. And when the last of our generation is gone, there won't be very many people left to rem- that, that can remember back that far to be able to say with any certainty they remember the days of black and white TV. Now, of course, well, it's just like it's, it's like I if it's like I've said about Saturday mornings, you know. These kids, these kids, you know, everybody, everybody on this call knows what Saturday mornings meant. You know, mm-hmm. Saturday From morning cartoons. Saturday morning cartoon. I mean, in, in my time, it was you know. Depending on if you want to watch it from 6 a.m. Central to about noon, may, maybe 11 Central at the at the at the earliest, you know, which was about five or six, seven hours, you know, you know, and you'd sit there, grab you a bowl of cereal or something, and sit down in front of the TV and watch the cartoons, you know. Mm-hmm. And for me, and it, and it, for even, me though, uh, even though it's the Eastern time zone, it, it was the same way. It would start around 6, 6.30 in the morning with with the cartoons right up to about noontime. And, yeah, sitting in front of the TV with your bowl of cereal and, and, and watching cartoons was, was the norm for, for us as kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And for me, it was a way to 
kind of decompress and basically forget what I learned all week long in school, <laughs> which is not a good idea. But then again, that was that was me, you know. I got news for you. You're not the only one. By the time by the time Monday morning came, <laughs> I I had I had already forgotten what I learned on Friday. <laughs> so yeah, I, I know what you mean there, Mike. Oh, no doubt about that. Um, but you know, it's not just television. You know, it's not. It was. It wasn't just TV. Okay. I remember. But I remember the days when you could. When you actually got an operator on the phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like it says here. Remember when you would pick up the phone and talk to an operator to make a call? Or before the system became automated, thanks to computers, switchboard operators used to, you, you, used to manually connect you to your recipient. In fact, how many of you remember party lines? Mm-hmm. You could pick up the phone and actually hear your neighbors talking. It's baffling to think just how far we've come in regards to telephones. And if you look at the article that I posted, you get to see a picture of operators at the switchboard. Okay? My my mother's sister Anime, God rest her, and Anime used to be a, a, a used to be a, a super a, an operate a, a supervising operator with New York Telephone. Well, now New York Telephone has long since become Verizon. Okay? I remember the, I know the building in Peekskill, New York, my hometown, right on Brown Street, the, new, the old New York telephone building for the operators. I remember as a kid, my Aunt Anime used to work in that building. Okay? And this, this brings back memories. How many of how many people actually remember picking up the phone and it, and being a rotary dial phone dialing four one dialing five 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 one two one two to get information and then it went to four one one. They don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a lost art in itself. Okay. So there's that. And here's another memory lane moment. Skate keys. Mm-hmm. I got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. Of course, we're talking about the skate keys we used to tighten our roller skates with. The old-fashioned metal roller skates were actually strapped on to your shoes. And in order to get them off, you needed a skate key. We used to wear them around our necks as a necklace so that they were never out of reach when we needed them. Yeah, I remember those days, boy. More times <laughs> falling down on my ass than I care, I care to admit, but I remember those days. Mm-hmm. Now, of course... I, I mentioned this on the sh- uh, on the show a few uh, a couple of times. 
How many of you remember the odd-even gas lines of the 1970s when the gas station, when it was during the, uh, the gas crunch, the energy crisis? Well, a popular gripe these days is just how expensive gas can be. Uh, but if you're a baby boomer, you're, you probably can recall a time when you couldn't get gas depending on what day it was. If you remember the gas crisis of the 70s, then you probably remember the long lines, the high prices, and yes, the rationing. If your car's license plate ended in an odd number, you could only buy gas on an odd-numbered day of the month, and vice versa for even numbers. I remember those days. I remember hearing my father, when he, because he used to work for the City of New York Water Resources, now known as the Department of Environmental, now known as the Department of Environmental Protection, or whatever it's called these days. Uh, remember my father bitching and moaning and pissing up a storm because he couldn't get gas, and he was on his way to work. And when he could get gas, he had to leave real early in the morning because he knew that he would be on a long-ass fucking gas line. And what would he be doing in that car? I, I wouldn't be there with him, but I can almost guarantee I could, I could hear him clear as glass, bitching and moaning because he had to wait in line for gas. <laughs> oh, do I remember that shit well. Well, that now, of course, I mean, that's you know. I was born that's then, but I'm, that's was that's so before my time, George. I, I was born then, but I don't remember much about the early seventies because I was a baby, you know. Well, I was I was still a young kid, but I remember that. I don't remember the gas lines. I'm sure there was, but my dad had an ingenious idea. Way up there at the, at the road, we had two big old telephone poles. The same telephone poles that where I sent you that picture where I hung the mayor. Exact same telephone. Well, they've been changed mm-hmm. at that, since then. But he yeah. got a 500 gallon gasoline tank. Okay, <laughs> and he set that son of a bitch up there, and he had the, the gas company come out and put 500 gallons of gasoline, and it had a manual pump, like a old water pump. I remember climbing up on that son of a bitch, standing up there, freezing ass cold, and we had a 72 or 73 Lincoln Continental, that big old battleship. And I remember standing up on that fucking tank, and he'd hold the nozzle in the tank, and I'd be up there pumping it up and down, filling the fucking car up. I still remember that, man. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there was... Uh... There was a guy back when I was a kid. He had a pickup truck. And in that pickup truck, he had a gas tank. A big hawking gas tank with a hose on it with a gas nozzle, gas pump nozzle on it. And what he would do is he would pressurize the tank, take the nozzle, put it over the side of the truck, to put gas in, in, in to put gas in the tank, 
he would fill up his gas tank, and then he would fill up the other gas tank. And people used to get real pissed off at this guy because he did that. And there wasn't, any, there wasn't really a whole hell of a lot they could do because what he would do is he would fill up the gas tank at one gas station, then he would go to another gas station to put gas in the tank in, in the back of the tank in the back of the truck, if he didn't have time to do it, do both at the same station, or if the station limited you to how much you could get. Okay, and that unfortunately was also a problem in the seventies with the gas crisis. You were limited as to how much you could actually buy on your on the odd even days. And I remember my father's license plate number from those days, 239 ALC. Well, <laughs> sucks to have those numbers. <laughs> and, and but, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, look, everybody had a bicycle, you know, and most of the bicycles had that, that old banana seat to it, you know. I remember those banana seat, yep. the the funky looking handlebars. Yep. They look. They used to call them ape hangers on some of the bikes. Yep. And um, I remember uh, I used to have one of those bikes. And for a boy, for boys to ride banana seats was quite literally a ball buster. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I believe me. I I I didn't. No, 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 no. I I don't even want to think about that. No. Try not to anyway. That, now, that's another thing. Now, now, guys, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. Here's something that's before my time, even. Okay. You probably remember the drill, duck and cover. In the 50s, tensions with the Soviet Union made nuclear war seem inevitable. As a result, many of us were taught to duck under our desks and cover our heads while at school. In fact, there was an entire film centered around the concept featuring Bert the Turtle. By the way, you can find Duck and Cover on YouTube. If you haven't seen it before, I would encourage young people to go look this up on YouTube. Duck and Cover. It's in black and white. It's from the 1950s, but this is what they used to do. Now, I wasn't born until 1963, so I don't remember those days. But those who do remember those days, however many are left, We'll tell you up front, they taught you, duck under your desk, put your hand behind your head like so, and lock the fingers together, and cover up, and cover up hunched over. Uh, by today's science, scientific knowledge, if a nuclear bomb were to drop and you ducked and cover, you were dust by the time, the, by the time, the, by the time it was all over. 
that's what that, that's what they did back in the fifties. They had these these drills of duck and cover. They had the 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 uh, entire that entire film duck and cover with Bert the turtle. The first time I saw that, I was like, whoa. Okay. It just baffled the mind. And then finally, if you grew up in the days of the SNH green stamps, you probably remember your mother or your grandmother saving up all these SNH green stamps. Well, according to this information, probably the best rewards program around, uh, not to be editorialized, collecting green stamps and eventually trading them in for something out of the catalog is one of my favorite memories, uh, mine too, but the person who wrote this blog, it's one of their favorite memories, of the good old days. You would earn the stamps based on how much money you spent at various retail organizations, mostly supermarkets and gas stations, and could trade them in for anything from furniture to televisions. The days of of the S&H green stamps have long since been gone, but for those of us who remember watching our mothers and our grandmothers or our aunts uh, collecting these green stamps and having big wads of these fucking things, okay? We didn't know what they were all for when we were kids, but, you know, we saw the smiles on our mother's faces, those of us who saw them collecting them. Ah, good old days. Mm -hmm. That's why they're called the good old days, because back then, times were simpler. Things were a lot less hectic. Yes, Hell, I even remember. I even remember at times in the early '80s that, particularly, some of these AM radio stations would go off the air, you know, at you know, uh, uh, you know, at, at times either power down or just flat out you'd hear <laughs> static, you know. Hey, check. Yeah, well, check this out. Uh, Ron's in the chat room. Now, check this. Uh oh. <laughs> I I I just I just happened to see this. Uh, he says, "You when we're talking about the bicycles with the banana seats and all that." Mm-hmm. He says, "You forgot the sissy bar." No, I didn't yeah. forget it. I just <laughs> I just didn't want to mention it. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to mention it. Boyd says, "Oh yeah, don't forget it. about the fact that don't forget about the fact that to make it to make it sound better, or to make it have a sound to it, you'd have people stick like baseball cards in the spokes." Well, in in our case, it was playing cards, and we we would put them in the yeah. spokes with uh, clothespins. Uh, yeah. But Boyd said, "I bet you had a sissy bar," you know, talking to Ron. And Ron said, yes, I did. I was the cool kid. You could strap a six-pack to it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> you know what? When we get done with Blog Talk Radio, since Ron's in the chat room, I'll continue on in the other platforms with Skype 
and we'll all get together on Skype on and 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 we'll do some we'll have some re- some, some some opportunity to reminisce and shit. You know, but but guys, think about this, okay? You know, all of us, those of us who are old enough to remember some of this stuff, okay? Um, we remember just how how insane, how very insane things may have looked to us as children. But our, back when we were growing up, it was a much simpler time. You know, there wasn't this constant bullshit going on like we have today, all right? You know, our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts getting together with the S&H green stamps, the days when, when television stations would sign off and end their broadcast day, the days of telephone operators, you know, the five and dime stores, all of these things, you know, from when we were kids, gone with with the wind. But the memories that many of us have of those days, I remember going into Woolworths. Okay, my grandmother would come up from Brooklyn. We'd go into we would go to Woolworths, Grandma, my mother and, and me. They would sit at the lunch counter having coffee. I'd be over at the pinball machine because my grandmother was cool. She gave me the, the quarters to go play pinball. I think it was basically to keep me out of their hair. But, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I was a kid. I care. So I'd go and I'd play pinball. I got really good at it, too. But I'd, I'd be playing pinball the whole time they were sitting at the lunch counter having their coffee. And, of course, the five and dime, you know, you, you got your household essentials, penny candy, the whole bit. The days of the operator, like I was saying before, my 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 late my late aunt Anime was a senior operator supervisor. She was a senior supervising operator at the Brown Street location in my hometown. Those days are gone. Days of the operator. Oh, my! Well, part of my family back in the fifties, I think, started a little fledgling telephone company called East Ascension Telephone. And what they did is they they got one of the you've seen laughing with uh, Lily Tomlin, you know, sitting at that I'm, door with all I'm the plugs and the, yeah, with all the plugs and stuff in it. That's what they did. They, mm-hmm. That's how they started that little telephone company. Got one of those systems. If you go to and that, that, that blog you know, site that I posted in the chat room, Mike. Uh, yeah, you'll see a picture of 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 those of those of those operators sitting at the switchboard, you know, and and yeah, they had the, they had the rotary index cards, they they had they had they had the headsets on, the 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 the, the wire plugs going into the board and everything, and you know, the those days long gone, replaced with computers and everything else, and it's you know it's. It was a simpler time, though, back then, when we were kids. Right, you, it really was. You, you call them up and you say, "Hey, Mabel, give me Klondike six five two three, You know, that type of thing. You know, and yeah, and I that, remember that's, when that's, you pick up the phone and, and get the operator and go, "Patch me, put me through the 
to Peekskill seven five three four zero, or however it came out, you know, and, and of course, you know, they would patch you through. It, it was a, it, it, it was easier. You didn't have to even worry about dialing the number. You just get the operator on the phone. Of course, back when I was a kid growing up in the 70s, yeah, you had to dial the number, but we had rotary dial. We didn't have the we, the we didn't have push. A lot of us didn't have push button phones. The touch tone phone, a little bit later on down the road. But I remember, I remember many a time, many a time. You used to be able to call a number to get the time, a number to get the weather. Yeah, you still can here. You still can here. It's uh, 214-844-6611. Give you the time and the weather. To this day, yeah. How about that? I remember that way back then. Well, yeah, even today. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? I mean, the old joke about the – uh, you know, if you've ever seen, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, lethal, one of the Lethal Weapon movies about that's how they get you. That's how they fuck you with the cell phone with uh, uh, yeah. Chris. Chris, what's his name? And and he was talking about well, my mom, I had the old rotary phone, and you go da 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 six da 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 five. You mess up, you have to start all over again. You know, calling the number. That's that's what that's what those. That's what those things were, those rotary dial phones. If you messed up, if you misdialed the number, you'd have to start all over again. Yeah. I, I remember um, I remember when Joe Pesci said, said that line about the cell phones. And, of course, Mel Gibson with the uh, rotary dial. Hey, if you messed up, you had to start all over again. <laughs> there's there's a there's 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 a lot of people uh, that I've talked to, okay, here in the area, you know, because of my dealing in twelve step recovery, that remember that don't that knew that never saw a rotary dial phone before. So what did I do? I pulled up a, a, on Google Images a rotary dial phone picture, and I showed it to them, and they said. Man, that's that's dinosaur. I went Neanderthal. <laughs> and of course the entire room would start dying laughing. Because most of the people in that room were around my age and could remember rotary dial phones. So, you know. And I'm that's sorry, another but, thing they didn't that's another thing they didn't yeah. under, they don't these people don't understand is that when you got on the phone you were tethered to something because you had that mm-hmm. curly Q Y you know you were tethered to whatever and and Lord forbid you had to make a call on a on a on a uh, payphone I remember. The announcement about the first cell phone. It was a Motorola phone. It looked like a brick. And it was the most expensive phone you could buy on the market because it was also analog. It was an analog signal. Look how far those cell phones have come. And I remember people saying, no, not everybody's going to be able to have own one of these. Not everyone's going to own one. Uh, 
the person who said that is probably looking back and going, looking back on when, when they said that and going, God, I was so fucking stupid for saying that. You know, the, the, the harsh reality is, you know, young people today have it too fucking easy. They weren't tethered to the phones like you were saying, Mike, like we, like we were back in, back in our youth. In my house, my brother, God rest him, he, he was the one who wired up the phones, up, the, wired up the phone upstairs for my mother. Okay? Rather than call the phone company to do it, he did it himself. He even wired a phone in, in our bedroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but mom told him to take it out. But when he wired up the phone in mom's room, mom told him, make the wire long enough so I could go to your sister's room or your room if I have to, in case I have to call the doctor. And he did. Mm -hmm. You would say, wow, what a difference the decades make, huh? Oh, yeah, you would say the size of a brick. Okay, that that one Mm -hmm. came out. Sick, 1983, the year I graduated. It's a it's a Dynatech 8000X. It's the first commercial portable mm-hmm. cellular telephone, and it was 3,995 bucks, four grand. That's the one. I, I, I remember that because there was a show that came out 1989ish, and. It's a comedy called Saved by the Bell, and the main character in the show carried one of those phones. You know, yeah. one of those. There it bricks. is, right there in the chat room. There's a link to it right there. It shows a bunch of pictures. Of oh, it. and and these kids, these other kids, these kids don't understand that you. We used to have to get up to change the TV. You know. Change the channel to the TV, you know. We used to have to get up to do that. We didn't have remote controls. I made my first cell phone uh, call. It was that friend of mine, the pilot, because he, he had money. And he, was, he had one just like that. And I made it from the air. I called my mom. I said, you never were, you never guess where I'm calling you from, Mom. 3,000 feet above the house. Me and Bob's out flying. This is my first phone call on my cell phone. I remember that. Yep. Now, now I'm, showing a pic- I'm showing one of the pictures of that very phone in question. Uh, if there's any young, young people watching that have smartphones, there's, the, there, there's the, the original cell phone. It was analog. It wasn't digital. And it was heavy. It was a heavy motherfucker. Those things weren't light. Let me tell you what. $3,995 compared to what you pay for a phone today? Hell, they Uh, give them to you. Damn near, they give them to you. If you upgrade to your plan, we'll give you a new phone. Uh, Okay, (laughs) you know. Yeah, the phone you get you get one of these burner phones and it's like forty dollars. Now the service will cost you a hundred dollars or whatever it is, but 
the phone itself is forty dollars, you know, fifty dollars, whatever it is, you know, depending on if you want to get the better quality phone. So yeah, yeah, but but guys, the the whole thing is, you know, a lot of us remember being tethered to the house phone, mm-hmm. and you know. A few years down the road, of course, before the cell phones started coming out big time, you remember carrying a pocket pager on your belt? Yep. Carrying a beeper? I used to have a beeper on on my belt, but I would have to go find a pay phone or I'd have, or I'd have to be close to home in order to call the person back, thus being tethered to a phone. It's like I said, you know, when I, when I was back here doing electrical work, that was the that was before we got a cell phone. I had the pagers, okay, the the, the pager. My, I had one, my dad had one, and we had to be out there on a fucking job, probably, you know, out, you know, sometimes we was out four or five miles from town, okay, doing a job or something. Fucking goddamn pager go off. Had to get in the truck, stop what you're doing, get in the truck, drive to a 7-Eleven, you know, with the old pay phones hanging out there on the side of the, of the convenience stores, blah, 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 mm-hmm. or find one on a street corner, you know, the ones that you get the little booth things, go in there, blah, 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 hang up, get halfway back to the job, and the goddamn thing starts buzzing again. I hated that. Oh, it drove me nuts. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then it came out with voice. Feeling. You know, the first ones are just a, just a buzz. The second ones that came out with had voice on it. So, oh, God. Ooh. Yeah, I think that I remember, that, but somewhere boxed up around here somewhere. Jeez, ain't that crazy? I remember the first beeper I had. It had. It, it was equipped with either the tone. Oh, we lost Mike on the line. Uh oh. Mike just dropped. Shit. But, uh, yeah. So, Mike, if you're listening in the chat room, we're gonna sw- I'm going to switch over to uh, the remaining platforms and bring everybody on that wants to join in on the, on the Skype line. All right? So, Gun... I'll bring you I'll bring you on via Skype. Let me close up the Blog Talk Radio side, and uh, we'll do that. And then we can get Ron Reck in here and Boyd in here. And that was a good old conversation about the good old days and stuff. But in the meantime, for those of you on Blog Talk Radio, listening to the archives of Blog Talk Radio or listening to this show in archives in general, be sure to check out the complete broadcast by going to either periscope.tv slash FFNO or if you're, if, you're at, if, you, if you're so inclined, look up Firefox News Online. Be sure to look for the one with the logo and check out the showreel pages and you can go there and listen to it there as well. But in the meantime, I'm going to call it on Blog Talk Radio but continue on the rest of the way for a while and... That's the way it is. Okay.
for the comments I've made, that's the way it is from my perspective here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm George Sinzer. We move on to the to the other platforms, and we will talk to you again on the next edition. So y'all be good, and if you can't be good, be careful. And if you can't be careful, please, for the love of God, do not name it after me. On to the other platforms we go. I'm not even going to do the standard closing, but I am going to say that the views and opinions expressed in this broadcast are that of myself and those who call in and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of any other person or Firefox News Online Productions. Any rebroadcast, transcript, either in whole or in part, without the express written permission of Firefox News Online Productions and its owner, that's me, George Sinzer, is expressly forbidden, copyright 2020, all rights reserved. And with that having been said, on we go. Talk to you in a couple of seconds there, Gun, on the Skype side. <laughs>